0: everyone. Welcome back to the Film Buds Podcast. This is episode number forty six, and my name is Henry. Uh Braden. And uh, while Chloe cannot be here today due to I think pottery class things, we are joined once again by Cooper Murphy. Howdy. So thanks for coming on, man, yeah. filling in. Yeah. Appreciate it. And so thanks for joining us. And so first off, we will say very sorry for last week not having the show. Everyone's lives were kind of a mess and schedules were really just off balance and so we delayed it one day then another day and then we just decided to just to call it um so we'll try to have that happen as little as possible in the future but very sorry about that but we are going to be reviewing both of the films that we were going to do last week which is Tully the new Charlize Theron film and then a retro review of Roman Roman Polanski's rosemary's baby from 1968 and also just happy mother's day we had mother's day recently so i guess that's kind of a little tie in there yeah and so we're also going to be talking about a few new big trailers including spike lee's black clansman as well as the new freddie mercury queen biopic bohemian rhapsody so and some other stuff so thanks for joining us once again how's everybody
1: Doing
2: alright. Hanging in there. Yeah. yeah. Things have been hectic.
1: But.
0: Yeah, can imagine.
1: Yeah. Getting off work early today. Coffee shop. Oh, so, yeah. So I'm pretty happy about that. Gonna have my afternoon off. Nice, nice. So, yeah. I've actually been watching a decent amount of stuff, too. So oh, I'm excited to oh, catch sweet. up with uh, what we've been watching later today.
0: Nice. Only thing with me, I'm just a little under the weather today, so sorry if I'm a little nasally, but other than that, been, been kind of a stressful work week, but... You know, yeah. nothing too crazy. Anything y'all want to mention? <laughs> nothing comes to mind. No.
2: No? Nothing no. comes to mind. No.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess Chloe's usually the one that has fun stuff to yeah, talk about. Animated and
1: yeah, animated
2: stories and such, yeah. But
0: uh, yeah, she should be back next week for Deadpool 2,
2: which I think she's very excited about. Is that already coming out? Yeah. it's. Oh, yeah, it took me by surprise as well. Oh. I was looking on uh, oh, yeah, Rotten <clears> Tomatoes yeah. the other day. And oddly enough, yeah, this Friday comes out, yeah. which I completely... That, that sort of caught me off guard. Which, I wasn't... Something that I didn't piece together until the other day is Josh Brolin <coughs> plays
1: both Cable and... Yeah, and Thanos. And they're yeah. both Marvel. But I yeah. guess, does Deadpool exist in that Marvel comic universe with the Avengers? No. Yes and no. It's, it's, yeah.
2: It's very strange. They mash things up a lot uh, because apparently there was a whole... Um, I mean what Chloe was talking about when we talked about uh the third Avengers film, Infinity Wars. Yeah. Thanos, his whole reason for wiping out half the universe was to get the attention of this woman, Lady Death. Now, Thanos exists in the Avengers world. Yeah. And the X-Men, from what I've always understood, live in a separate sort of yeah. world. Um sort of different universe or I don't know. Dimension, yeah. whatever you want yeah, to say. Yeah. But um this woman, Lady Death, or Mistress Death, Lady Death, something that, Death. that Do they reference her in Infinity? War? I saw it, but No, way. they don't. Not yeah, in I the film. <coughs> no. They they completely do away with that, which I think is is actually a good idea. I think it seems rather crass that he's murdering half yeah. the population of the universe to get the attention of, of, of a woman. But um, things you will do for love. Yeah, you don't yeah, understand really. love, Brayden. God.
1: <laughs> what is love? Baby don't hurt me. <laughs>
2: And I did the Roxbury. Um, But she exists, this lady, she, she, she and Deadpool get together at one point. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, it's all, it's all fiction, obviously. So you can, you know, I want to do dimensional crossovers. Go ahead. You know. It's their property; they can do with it what they want. But yeah. I mean, it gets it gets it does get very confusing. But no, they're not supposed to. Deadpool <laughs> and Thanos okay. are not supposed to exist in the same universe. Okay, that would be really funny if they incorporated and then Josh Brolin had to play well, two then, characters. Then the other thing about it, which is weird, is that Deadpool actually does end up becoming an Avenger at one point or something. Really? Yeah, I mean, they just play around yeah, with, yeah, with the, with the mean,
1: dimensions and the storylines. Mean, they've been around and for so long. It's yeah. Like, and they have so much liberty with... I mean, because they can just invent any <laughs> plot device to bring in. Pretty much. Um, yeah. Like, there's that whole... Marvel zombies line right. comics yeah. and stuff, oh, and and that and Evil Dead was a part of that. Like they brought in Ash Evil <laughs> Dead, yeah. Oh my god, Um that's so. that should be a movie. Yeah, I've watched those. I've watched I, a movie. I read those in uh yeah middle school. They're pretty cool. Nice. I I totally forgot about those. Ash
2: versus Avengers. Or something?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like him like killing like Wolverine as a zombie. So <laughs> <telling his> <laughs> it's awesome. no like it's really cool. I think it's that's called. Awesome. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a riff off of Ash versus Army of something. But it's like the all the Marvel zombies yeah. and stuff and Ash vs.
2: Army of Darkness. Well there's the two <laughs> Evil Dead films and yeah, yeah. Uh, uh Army of Darkness was the third one. Yeah, you got
1: you got me for Christmas. That's yeah. yeah.
2: That's right. Yeah,
1: good good movie. But yeah, I did see Avengers and I actually I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Um it, I didn't like it as much as uh some of the more recent Marvel fan like films that I've been a fan of, like the um Guards of the Galaxy and, and Black Panther.
3: Yeah.
2: Just because it did kind of feel overstuffed, and it's really long. It's yeah. a bit over the top. <clears throat> it is long. There's a lot of, yeah. perhaps a bit too much CG. Yeah, and also like they're just obviously going to reverse everything that happened at the end of that movie. Yeah, yeah.
3: I mean,
1: maybe Loki will stay. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I was we'll talking about it. you guys talked about it two weeks ago. But... I
0: was getting into an argument on my Letterbox Comments with someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about <laughs> Avengers, someone commented on that on my. Uh, Infinity War review, and I was just we like a letter bo- comment yeah uh, thread. <laughs> it's like the lamest thing of all yeah. time. Were they
1: saying that they were going to keep?
0: August? No, just I mean, I mean, and not that they were wrong, but it was just kind of like the true Marvel fan, cinematic universe fan versus yeah, yeah, uh, not, yeah, yeah. You
3: know,
2: because <laughs> it like wrong. I
0: have nothing better to do with my time than yeah, to yeah, argue on
1: letterboxed. Oh, I thought it was it's kind of smart what they did. It's yeah they've killed off all the like auxiliary Avengers and now they just have the core group. Yeah. So I think the the next film is going to be kind of leaner.
2: It's just going to pull <coughs> on the original Avengers. Well that's point. I think that's kind of the point as they said. Yeah. You know, oh, people're going to die in this movie. People're going to die in this movie. And like everybody dies in the movie. Yeah. Except the original Avengers. And then so I think the next film there's actually going to be something which is going to be more impactful. Yeah. So, so okay, like, we've killed off a ton of people, but, yeah, it's yeah. All, all, all auxiliary it just, characters. It's just yeah. the
0: thing is with that and separating the two films, it's like we have to wait for the payoffs of the people who died in this one in the
1: next movie. Right. Yeah. You know, just – But for me, like, usually that would really annoy me. Like, like God, like, this. the purpose of this movie is just to set up for another movie. But there's enough, like, little goofy fun things in there. Like, yeah. I like how, like – thor's new weapon is like groot's arm too like i thought <laughs> yeah that, like if they made another thor like and he was still using groot's arm i think that would be kind of cool but like this is little stuff that like made it yeah, with yeah it. definitely and i did think the end sequence when they're all like kind of dying is is actually pretty pretty yeah good. i thought yeah. it was pretty well there are definitely some some good moments yeah <clears throat> there's something else i wanted to say about it doesn't, doesn't matter though my mom believes that they're all going to stay dead. And she's like, oh, yeah, they're not bringing them back. Like, yeah, let's just make one Black Panther and then just never make another one. Yeah. Just kill him. Oh, well, that's what
2: somebody was saying last week is, you know, we we know we've already got films for some of these guys yeah, in the yeah. pipeline. So, you know, we know we've got another Doctor Strange movie. We know we've got another Black Panther movie. I mean, it's, it's, you know, oh, that ruins the whole thing. I don't care. I mean, I know you've got to go into these with just complete suspension of disbelief. Yeah. it's a friggin' superhero movie yeah right so there are certain films again it's 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 like a bifurcation it's like a two-track thing there are the quality films that are supposed to be more human and then there's like superhero sci-fi fantasy films totally different tracks yeah. I you know people may take may take issue with this and I can understand why and they can argue with me all day but I'm not gonna I'm absolutely not gonna change my opinion on this but Uh, they should be judged by different merits. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, (coughs) yeah. Or, you know, using different, different sort of rubric for, for what determines the quality of them. Yeah. Mm. At the same so, time, I think that films like The Dark Knight complicate that and yeah. have maybe
1: changed people's expectations. They've, but they've at this point, you should, a have, little bit. Yeah. you should have realigned back to how it was
2: where it's like, you yeah. judge the, this type of movie like this, this type of movie like that. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I agree with you, though. I agree with you. There are some absolute quality films out there that do blur that. I mean, The Dark Knight series being one of them, I think Blade Runner also, you know, again, I Blade Runner <laughs> all the time, but it blurs the lines between uh, sort of a dark human complex inner existence existential kind of thing and science fiction obviously yeah And i know that there are other examples out there i'm trying to think of some right now not um, it's not like a big blockbuster but ex machina or something like ex that, machina yes yeah is
1: spectacular yeah yeah, I, yeah but I, I see what you're saying a lot of people kind of relegate like sci-fi and fantasy to its own Type of, yeah, oh, end. this is a yeah. sci fi film, it yeah, yeah. can't so be judged as this, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. look at it, you know,
2: oh, this is this is a deep human film, the sci fi is so minimal in this, it's 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 not even sci fi at all. Well, so much of it pivots on the like ex machina, so much of it pivots on the 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 significance, the importance of artificial intelligence and so forth. And so, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know, anyhow, I think it still qualifies as science fiction, anywho. <laughs> Should we get Tully, into our Tully, review of Tully? Yeah. <laughs> or science fiction. Yes, like
0: yes, definitely. With that done, we can jump into our review of Tully, and we should have a clip, so take a listen. Okay, I'm going to go upstairs. Okay.
2: Watch a movie with Drew. Okay. Okay. Have fun. Yeah. Oh, I can put on headphones if you guys want to make some noise.
3: Oh, no, we don't. Um, we're good
2: Okay. Hey, good night. She'll be different in the morning. That's sweet. No, she will. She'll grow a
3: little overnight. So we'll wait. Good night, baby. Say goodnight to
0: Alright, so... Up in the Air, or not Up in the Air, we are just talking about Up in the Air. Tully is directed by Jason Reitman and uh, written by Diablo Cody. And it stars Charlize Theron, Mackenzie Davis, Mark Duplass, Ron Livingston, Kitty Crystal. That's about it, I think. And the plot synopsis is a mother of three hires a night nanny to help with her newborn. Diablo Cody uh, has written two other of... Jason Reitman's movies, which are Juno and Young Adult. And so they've kind of been a writer-director trio, or duo, uh, for a while now. And I also had a surprise screening at Sundance this year, but I didn't get a chance to see it. What did y'all think?
2: Brayden? It was a movie? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, how spoilery do we want to be? Well, let's do a... Quick non-spoiler.
0: And then since it's not a huge film, I guess we just
2: keep on recording and we'll... Okay. Um, just indicate
1: one more. Yeah, we'll I'll
2: spoil I'll. it. Um, I thought the story was actually pretty interesting. Um, I thought the little... I don't know what you call it. Twist. I don't know. Again, that's very dangerously close to spoilery. But I thought that was totally unnecessary. I thought it was frustrating and goofy and silly um but there were i thought some very touching moments i can understand that i obviously i'm not a parent myself but i think it was interesting i saw some of the parallels about you know grappling with with middle age and dealing with with life and the aging process and maturation and all that kind of thing and how they can wear you down uh, and the difficulties, the complexities that go along with that, and a lot of the uh, sort of self-reflective anxiety, and also the the realization of what parenting can be. Yeah, well. well, that's that's a whole <clears> other <throat> thing. And I won't I won't even really comment on that again because I'm not I'm not a parent myself, and you know, I understand that to a certain extent. If anybody throws it, well, you're not a parent, you don't know <laughs> shit at me. I'm gonna smack them straight <laughs> Please
0: in go mouth. for it, Brent. But <laughs>
2: You know, um, just because I have not decided to spray my DNA all over somebody, just <laughs> 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 not being yellow my DNA. Put. Yeah, does not on It's I'm time to spray my here. DNA, I think you ladies. The birds and
1: the bees, I <laughs> you have a misunderstanding about this. <laughs> no, I uh, plug into the DNA hose and spray.
0: It. <laughs> <laughs> tell that to Mary. So see yeah. if she takes it. Yeah. yeah. But well, I mean, I'll I'll jump in. I, I mean, I actually like the movie. A good bit. I mean, I I love Young Adult. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like Diablo Cody's writing voice for the most part. I I did really like Juno upon first viewing. And, I mean, while I still like it, it is one of those movies that feels almost a little too written Mm -hmm. at times. Mm -hmm. But I do love Young Adult, just kind of brutally honest. And it's almost like the comedy of The Office, but in kind of the
2: arms of Charlize Theron, Mm -hmm. you know? I've heard it's, it's pretty good. I, I haven't seen it's Young It's myself. It's very... Juno, <clears throat> I didn't much care for. I really liked J.K. Simmons. I really liked Jennifer Garner as the parents. Yeah. But Ellen Page and Michael Sarah were just kind of... Yeah. Eh. Mm-hmm. I will say, uh, Reitman and Diablo Cody, they seem to get really good performances. of script, the direction, seemed to get really good performances out of people. Because Charlize Theron... She's amazing. And... Ron Livingston and this in particular, I thought were really good. Mackenzie Davis as well was also mm-hmm. really good, but Charlize Theron I thought was outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. And so. she's, she's fantastic in young adult as
0: well. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and that film is very like just <clears throat> kind of brutally awkward. Mm-hmm. Cause it's about this woman who's really kind of damaged emotionally. And she is kind of like the Michael Scott version of that story where she just says everything she's feeling and, has no filter really. But this one, I I did actually like a lot as well. I just liked, again, it's honesty about, and now I'm not not a parent either, but at least having been raised by a parent and Mm -hmm. having kind of even just working at Joe Van Gogh, seeing so many parents with kids go through every single day, Mm -hmm. kind of the realization of like, well, of course, parenting is a, I'm sure a wonderful thing Mm -hmm. at times. It's can be, terrible it's you know exhausting it's aggravating you know everything under the sun but again it's also can be I'm sure a magical thing to to be a parent and so this one really doesn't hold back in showing that and I know that I read an interview with Diablo Cody and said she's a mother of three and so at least she has some clear experience about what that can be and I would say even this movie I don't know exactly what they're really intending it almost shows like Charlize Theron has a almost like a mental illness in a way. She's like just so far gone in a way at times. And I mean, I know it's dealing with postpartum depression as well. I don't know how accurate that is, but just showing a a person having to deal with three children on her own, I
2: felt was... Realistic and well, that's that's an interesting thing was about Was riveting. It is, it's well, she wasn't really de- <laughs> dealing with it on her. She had a husband. And the yeah. husband was actually a good guy. Yeah, I and mean, granted, he had a job and he was trying to move his career forward, and so he was not as present, obviously, as the mother. But I mean, he 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 was there. He was present. He he spent time. He helped the children with homework. So it's not as though he was sort of like a 1950s or 1960s father. Where yeah, he that's would true. Come home, sure. sit down with a Tom <laughs> Collins, uh, watch the news. Maybe pop a kid on the butt for, for acting out and then go to sleep, yeah. you know? So he was actually present and he, you know, he made lunches with, he, he did homework with the kids. He tried to help. But I mean, even so, because, because he was still very much, uh, focused on, on his career and in trying to improve not just his situation, but his family situation yeah. as well. I think it was interesting that Diablo Cody did that because, you know, as, as edgy, progressive, I, I don't know, as, as, a lot of her characters are, it's very interesting that, that all these people seem to sort of set into very traditional roles Mm -hmm. within the household. Mm -hmm. And so you've got a mother who is (coughs) obviously very intelligent, could have her own career, but she is at home with the children. She's a homemaker. And I, I think that, you know, that's by choice. And so, but then you have the husband who's pushing his career. And so it's, it's still interesting how they fall into these very traditional sort of roles within within this household. Yeah. But um, I
0: mean, I oh, I think it's in a way it's interesting in how they do it with that said, how someone in a relationship or two parents it's the one can be perfectly fine and be helpful and the other one can be maybe seemingly okay but actually mm-hmm. kind of struggling, especially like the Mom. mother who had just you know, been raising the kids and yeah. maybe dealing with
2: postpartum depression and well, I think that was as well. Yeah, I think that's what Diablo Cody was trying to convey <clears throat> is the fact that even if you have a good marriage and your spouse is a spectacular person who's actually there and present and helping the children and a good uh, husband slash wife, if you're home and you're taking care of those children, it's still a incredibly lot, yeah. traumatic just because it's so exhausting. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean. Kids, sometimes they have, you know, little glimmers of, of brilliance and and joy and all these kinds of things. But a lot of times it's screaming and, and poop and, and yeah. messes and, and things that generally you, you you know, as an adult you'd rather not have to deal yeah. with. Yeah. So it's 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 difficult. I mean, and she does a very good job of showing how difficult motherhood is. Yeah. And that this is not something that should be taken taken for you know, taken for granted that mothers obviously are important and should be treasured for for uh everything that they do mm. uh, that being said you know i try to i try to let my mom know mom if you're listening <laughs> thank you yeah but i nailed mother's day this year oh mm-hmm. mine did too yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, i saw avengers with my mom she's very oh nice, oh, nice. <laughs> that's a good one she loves
1: yeah, i mean this is the second time she saw it too really, so really she, wow really? My mom is a big
2: big marvel fan really my mom yeah, is the opposite oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> my my parents are so very anti-marvel it's not even funny but yeah uh, She's like,
1: Marvel?
0: Is that the same as DC? What's yeah. this other one? Well, my mom
1: sees <laughs> My mom is one of those people that has a movie pass and literally goes to a movie I, probably every day.
2: She wow. She should use it while she can because yeah. we're about to go bankrupt. Yeah, I can't believe
1: it. <laughs> and
0: and why, I guess since I... Now, Cooper, you didn't get a chance to see it, but you no. had like the whole movie spoiled for you Yeah, but when you were working it. I'm oh, Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Someone, some random phone number's calling me. Okay. Little American idiot. All right. uh, tie in there. I guess we could, since there is, I mean, saying a twist is, I don't know, again, if that is the right way to put it, but um, if you don't want to have Tully spoiled for you, you can can just check in the show notes. Um, Stick your fingers in your ears right now. (laughs) Yeah. Say la, 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 la for the next minutes. (laughs) Yeah. And just move on to the uh, Rosemary's Baby section, but spoilers now for... Tully. Well, Cooper, did you want to, since you haven't said much... You well, want to jam- yeah. the
1: the sad reality of working in a movie theater is uh, people just assume that you see every movie that comes in. The other night I was working my shift in a group of about five elderly, probably more. There's probably about 10 of them actually, because it's like this big movie group that comes sometimes. They went to go see Tully and just came out of the lobby and beat for beat, spoiled the whole entire movie, including the twist, which was funny because half of the group didn't even realize there was a twist, which... Granted, I didn't see the movie, but it seems
2: more than evidently clear. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It's not really. I mean, it's a twist, but it's not a twist. You kind of go, oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. it's like. I mean, the way the way I put it is, is it's Ibn Shimolon presents motherhood. Right? Yeah,
0: well, I mean, so, I guess we'll say so. It's the Tully character played by Mackenzie Davis is a younger version of Charlize Theron. Marlowe. Um, yeah. Her character, yeah, Marlowe, Marlo, yeah. who comes to help her deal with
2: essentially it's 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 like split personality disorder but not exactly yeah um it's sort of this strange dissociative thing yeah where she just because she's so exhausted and she wants to to push through the difficult this you know difficult period and i don't i don't know if it's necessarily postpartum depression or some other sort of strange dissociative thing yeah yeah mania or something but she just she just she pushes herself to to do to do all these things, and she splits her personality in such a way that it's like.
0: Well, I, I would actually say. I mean, I've even <clears throat> I read some reviews of it afterwards. I don't even know if you're su- you're supposed to take her character literally. It's all I've seen. A lot of people say it's a fairy tale, mm-hmm. and so I mean, I don't even know if you would have to say that it's. She's imagining this. It's just kind of a fantastical.
1: Dream in a way. Well, my question is, is the movie designed in such a way that, like, it would be believable that she's like projecting this character, or like, for example, is there scenes with like her Tully and then like her husband all talking and stuff like that? Yes,
2: yeah. Oh, so there's there's scenes... a sex scene, in fact. Oh, okay, which is
1: so I guess at that point you just have to assume that it's more like, like a, a foreplay scene, basically.
2: yeah, yeah. And
0: so, I mean, I it's almost in the way that. Uh, Steven Spielberg's the BFG almost plays like a dream which obviously that is much more fantastical but it's yeah. like clearly she's not running off with a giant and then meeting the queen of England and all this stuff and this, it's while it is presented in much more of a grounded reality I feel like it's almost you're just meant to see it as a, almost like a fairy tale dream kind of wish fulfillment having someone or I mean and just the idea of A younger version of you being able to like come in and help you or saying like, oh, yeah, I do want that life. But then also exhaust or kind of hard Mm -hmm. to
2: deal with when you actually get it. You know, I mean, that was the whole thing at the end with their night out in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And then they have the conversation and the older version. I mean, this is again, this is something I'm the older version is saying how much she misses the younger version of herself and sort of this worldly <clears throat> wisdom. And she could have all these higher thoughts because she wasn't, she didn't have to deal with sort of the day-to-day grind. And so she had all these big thoughts and she had this sort of worldly tantric wisdom thing going on and and all the, she could think about existential thoughts and all this kind of stuff. And then the younger version was saying how much she admires the older version because she has, she has to deal with, with trauma, with the travails of, of family life, but there's stability, there's security, there is underneath all the poop and the screaming and the messes and all of that, there's still there's still love.
3: Mm.
2: And that's that's something that, that everybody in some way, shape or form is looking for somehow. Yeah. Uh, at least most sane, <coughs> stable people. I don't know. It's it's difficult to say. I don't know that it's necessarily a fairy tale. Because it, magical realism would be, you know, the notion that when she's going through this she has like the younger version of her splits off from her and then walks around and does things independently of her mm-hmm. but i get the impression that i mean and they go through the whole thing it's not it's not some sort of fairy tale thing it's right. like when they're in the hospital they say your wife is exhausted she's Showing signs of sleep deprivation, yeah, which is again obviously <coughs> that's the dissociative uh, split personality, whatever, whatever it is exactly. Obviously, I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist, so I don't know mania, hypomania. I don't know what exactly the diagnosis yep. would be, but I mean, she was suffering from some sort of clinical, oh, definitely mental health, definitely uh, issue. It's not a fairy tale. I'm sorry,
0: but I'm not, I'm not saying of, I'm not saying it is a fairy tale. It's presented almost in the way that the way she see, she sees it as a fairy tale as some as like this wish fulfillment yeah
2: okay, idea. That I, 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 can understand. I i'm not
0: i'm not saying this is okay kind yeah. of dry I'm fairy misunderstanding tale something. Yeah. Yeah. but so. I, I just in terms of like you being able to have someone like if a single mother or someone being able to like wish they could have someone come into their life help them there's a truck kind of like dis- just disappear you know it's just <laughs> that idea of having this a secret Elf helper, like a Santa's helper type mm. type person, to help
2: you with your struggles of your life. You know, wasn't well, that what au pairs or nannies or
0: yeah? Or but child, I mean, I mean, in terms of, of it, in, 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 in terms of the, the twist and how the how it, it's actually herself, and so she knows herself. Yeah, you know. But I mean, I like that angle of it. But you you didn't like the, like you felt it felt
2: <clears throat> cheap. I don't know. I mean, it, it's still I'm still trying to come to grasp with what I mean. It's like have children go insane yeah yeah what is the message that's what
1: i'm curious. at the end like does she i don't know have all the kids in her arms i mean she like, love you guys or like she's a it. she's
2: a good mother uh, her husband is is a good husband and father yeah. and yet she still has this well, I mean, break from i don't i don't know i'm not sure what the message i don't know if there is a message other than motherhood is is tough and should well, not be well taken i mean i'd granted, say
0: but. even if uh, from the outside a mother who goes out with her kids can be seem perfectly fine. Sometimes when she's at home or, or just any parent can be struggling.
3: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: you know, there's people who have come through mothers who have uh, single mothers who have come through with kids who have talked to, to me and some of the other baristas just about their lives. You know, they have like three kids, all, all who they're dealing with by themselves. And while they can have seem happy, you can tell at times they're kind of, Tired. suffocating yeah. Yeah. you know just cuz yeah. they're they have to deal with all this screaming while dealing with their lives yeah. as well and so i think it's just presenting a at least a somewhat realistic portrayal of what parenting or any yeah. complex situation can be yeah.
1: you know my uh, my mom is really pushing me to see this movie because my mom is a single mom raised three boys and was like and had a career too on top of it so she was like working <laughs> you know 40 sometimes 50 60 hours a week yeah and uh i mean she really liked it and so she said that it was pretty accurate and just (laughs) i mean my mom is far from perfect but she said just the in terms of like her mental breakdown in the movie type of thing like Mm -hmm. she's like it's unbelievable (laughs) yeah and
0: yeah Yeah. i mean for most of my my life and my brother's life it was just my mother i mean i i can especially since i live with her and I, i i've seen the entire kind of uh, arc, I guess you can say. But, yeah, so, I mean, I, I I don't know if it's saying one thing or the other. It's just presenting a uh, a look, a slice of life. Yeah. Darker, or <laughs> however you want to put it, but... Yeah. I, yeah, I did really like Charlize Theron, really liked Mackenzie Davis. Mm-hmm. Liked some of the, the dark humor in it. Same thing with Young Adult. And, and with J- Jason Reitman, I think, for the most part, I think he kind of needs good material to make good films, because if, if you... Have either of you seen Labor Day? No. It's pretty bad.
2: <laughs> well, I heard, what is it, was Men, Women, and Children? Yeah. Is and, that uh, about the one, Adam Sandler, that he did about social media? Yeah, sexuality? that one's not great, I either. I heard that, that was pretty awful. And actually, I
0: uh, brought up Labor Day, because that one is almost like a fairy tale reality, mm. almost like this, although it's done much, much worse. Um, really? Mm. And so I think he kind of... It's good he and Diablo Cody have this partnership... As well as um, up in the air was, but that was a book. So I guess, mm-hmm. he, but I, so I think he needs good material, but he can make very good films if he's headed down the right path, I think, or has yeah. the right stuff to work with. But I, it's one of the more entertaining and interesting movies I've seen. So
2: yeah, very cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, Brandon, anything else you want? To- no, I don't know. I mean, I'm still. I get the point. Oh, no, it's just some weird car like backing up. Um. um. I kind of understand the point of of the the, the mental break that Charlize Theron's character Marlowe has.
3: Mhm.
2: And sort of a a response, a psychological response to the to the trauma of her context, you know, as as a mother of 3 struggling to deal with this in 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 uh this postpartum period. I don't know, I mean, it still feels very strange though. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I don't know if this is i mean it's sort of this psychological break is it is it is it belittling of the mental fortitude of these mothers who who deal with these things and don't have these sort of dissociative episodes or Mm. or is diablo cody simply trying to express a lot of uh the the anxiety this the doubt the self-doubt that goes along with motherhood because while you have these children you're also struggling with your own personal fears anxieties whatever it is about right. growing up and all of a sudden you're not you're not the young you're not the child anymore all of a sudden you have to be an adult <clears throat> i don't know i mean i kind of get it but it feels it still feels in a way you can do that without having to have this ooh, little Ibn night twist yeah. right yeah like in trying to display the strength of motherhood and the fortitude of of, of uh, these women who do this—that they have a you know this mental break thing—I don't know. Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, I, I yeah. think I think it's just bringing up that idea of it's almost like a cliche of someone being older and saying, "Man, I wish I could have known not to do this." Yeah, when I was twenty-five, uh, I've been able to talk to myself, you know, blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, like you know, someone back in
2: time, like, yada yada yada. You
0: know, someone who wants to be a. Wall Street broker like you know, like oh, I want I want the money. I want that lavish life And then when you get there, it's a little different or it yeah. can be or I would think it would be And so it's just that kind of idea of looking back at your life and or looking forward and just wishing you could know things uh, One way or the other,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but well, you want to give star ratings. I don't know I keep is this is a tough one for me because I keep vacillating between three and a half and four and 'Cause I mean, I really liked some of the dialogue. I really liked um, the, the performances. Mm. Um, I thought the direction overall was really good. I liked the the use of lighting and nothing nothing felt overly sort of like bright and beautiful, which I think fed into the the, the, the trauma, the difficulty, the complexity of of her her situation. And so there were a lot of technical things that I thought were very good, but but the, the crux of the story the whole the whole twist thing in a way I'm finding it difficult to reconcile with the whole intent of the film. Hmm. So I don't know. I keep vacillating with three, three and a half. I'll go three and three quarters stars. I don't know. 3.75. <laughs> 3.75. Yeah. I'm kind of between four and four and a
0: half. I'll go 4.25. 4.25. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, cool. Uh, so it averages out to four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that done, we can move on to a retro review of, Roman Planski's Rosemary's Baby. And we have a clip for that one, so take a listen.
3: What time did I go to sleep? You didn't go to sleep. You passed out. Uh, from now on, you get cocktails or wine, not cocktails and wine, huh? What dreams I have.
2: Don't yell. I already filed him down, <laughs>
1: I didn't want to miss baby night.
3: You... And a couple of well, my nails were out. ragged.
2: And and it was kind of fun in a necrophile sort of way. I dreamed someone was
1: raping me.
2: I don't know, someone inhuman. Thanks
1: a lot.
3: What's the matter? Nothing. I didn't want to miss the night. We could have done it. This morning or tonight. Last night wasn't the only split second. Well,
2: I was a little bit loaded myself, you know.
0: Rosemary's Baby is directed by Roman Plansky, was released in 1968, and stars Mia Farrow, John Cassavetes, Ruth Gordon, Sidney Blackmer, Maurice Evans. Anyone else you all think no. of No. And the synopsis is, a young couple moves into an apartment only to be surrounded by peculiar neighbors and occurrences. When the wife becomes mysteriously pregnant, paranoia over the safety of her unborn child begins to control her life. So this one.
2: That's weird. Okay. Good? Yeah, sorry. Brain's having some headphone. It dropping. cut out again, and then you move the back on your laptop, and it would boop and pop right back in. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. That was very strange.
0: Technology at its finest, you know. Yeah. So this one's, I guess, considered to be a bit of a classic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's in the Criterion Collection and definitely a kind of a signature mark in the horror genre, I would say. I guess, and probably Roman Plansky's most uh, well-known yeah. Um, yeah. as well. Well, Cooper... Jump in since you didn't have Tully. So I like
1: the the tie-in with Mother Neuroses. I guess this is probably a little more extreme than yeah. Tully, uh, considering she's giving birth to the child of Satan. Yeah, but I've I've never seen it before. But I you know it's it's such a like popular and such a huge movie that I don't know how it flew under my radar. But I I loved it. I thought that the performances with Mia Farrow or by Mia Farrow and John Casavetes were just so so good like i am like obsessed with john cassavetes now like i i'm very excited for the criterion sale next month oh yeah i'll pick up a box set of his Mm -hmm. but yeah i thought that i I, the only other roman Polanski movie i've seen is knife in the water which both movies are kind of driven by suspense but i feel that this is just pays off so much better Mm -hmm. and it is and it is definitely more of a I don't know, typical like Hollywood type of movie where, you know, it, it, it culminates in this like, you know, pretty extreme, in a pretty extreme fashion. But yeah, (laughs) you know, we've talked about horror on the podcast before. And I like, this is the type of horror that I love where it's, it's all in your head and you know, you're doubting it along with the character and they, there's like restraint shown, like really the, up until the end, there's only one really horrific scene and it's the, like the blood orgy scene. But yeah. even that is pretty, you're just seeing like limbs and stuff like that. And I don't know. I just, I just, it, it's really been sticking with me the past couple days. days. Um, and just, there's for me, there's, yeah, so many memorable scenes, so many memorable performances. Um, and just the, like the music, the too, score the, is the score. The lullaby. So oh my God. The score is
0: very good. Yeah.
1: Um, Have, have you not
0: seen a, Macbeth, his version of Macbeth. No. Oh, it's, it's good. It's on Criterion, too.
1: Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought that just the way that they, you know, they drop little hints throughout the movie, uh, I thought really good use of foreshadowing, like with the closet stuff. And,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I, the one thing I guess maybe, I'm not even knocking it because I like their characters, but the, the neighbors were kind of cartoony
2: yeah you know like she they're kind of obnoxious and stuff that's what ruined the whole thing for me actually really, really? yeah <laughs> um like i just i'm i did not go bananas over this film the way that most everybody i know does mary yeah. loves it you both seem to adore yeah. it. i watched <laughs> it and i just kind of went <clears throat> <clears throat> really the yeah. tongue out didn't, the, didn't do anything for the me the tongue thought, out man damn. yeah <laughs> mia frero was just <laughs> Oh, what am I? Oh, oh, it's
3: what is going on? I don't know. Oh my God!
2: Yeah, but and she played it well. I, yeah, she I mean, I, well. I'd say the whole film was pretty over the top, you know. And John Cassavetti was so stereotypical. Hey, baby, what? I was just hey, such. Hey. He plays a perfect yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And just the way he like. Oh my God! Just the way he kind of and just then moves the neighbors. Around. You've got you've got the guy who's this sort of he strikes me as this very over the top, sort of classically trained actor, and then his wife Ruth Gordon who. I guess you won an Academy Award for this, but the whole time it was sort of like it's a, very a theatrical. really bad Long Island impression. It's, I mean, hey, they, how you doing there? Hey, I mean, it's, oh, it's, did I tell you about my neighbor across the way? Yeah,
0: I like that. I mean, stuff. it's so it,
2: it, like everybody, everybody, all the characters in it were just characters. They weren't actually. I never felt but, like they were real people. They were all. But just it? Like, doesn't need to be. Kittens.
0: She. Well, if she gives. If she gives birth to Satan, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, not, like that. same thing with in Mother actually it's actually similar to mother i would say I mean, but I mean, maybe it's... there was
2: some message i was missing but you know oh she has satan's baby and then they have the big powwow the big get together yeah, i mean it, Ooh, it, it's it's a baby it's... shower for satan's baby and then they all and it's like all the people who are Satanists. there's nothing really i guess they were all supposed to be like ancient witches or something like that but yeah. it was like a woman who looks like a dumpy middle-aged housewife from, like... <laughs> that's what's funny about it. From, like, <laughs> Ohio or Pennsylvania or something, right? It has this, right?
1: like, 60s, like, glitzy, tackiness Yeah, to it. The, I, yeah. Like, I, 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 I love that. that shit. And, then, yeah. you
2: know, they're rocking the cradle, and then they've got the weird Japanese guy with the camera. What the hell yeah, is that Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. It's great. I thought that... I seriously must have been missing some sort of <laughs> subtext there. Because, I mean, I just, I just didn't get it. It's like, you know... And then the Greek guy shows up. He's like, "Hey, I'm a sexy Greek guy. Uh, Where's Satan's baby?" And they, "Where's Satan's baby?" Oh, this is wonderful. I'm a sexy Greek guy. I mean, it's. Uh, I didn't. I was missing something. <laughs> I was missing some some sort of subtext. Go watch Repulsion. That's what Roman Polanski can do. Repulsion I think that maybe spectacular. To, Brand you hate cinema. This, <laughs> I, I do. Ha ha ha. Repulsion is spectacular. That is <clears throat> suspenseful. That you you never really know what actually is going on. Rosemary's maybe watching, you watch and you kinda of go But I would say the different uh, films. Different
1: different types of films. How I mean, so? This is over the top. This is this, very theatrical. This is
2: Yeah. Like
1: it feels like an episode of the Twilight Zone. It's just yeah. done really, really, it's, it's, really well. Yeah, it's just kind of a, yeah. a strange
0: I Strange mood piece, almost. Whereas right. Repulsion is more of a psychological, more complex film. I would yeah. say, for, you know, whereas this is
2: more just well, I, I guess a,
0: a, to, a tonal, ec, you know, or mood exercise, similar to, I guess, we were talking about a.
2: Well, I guess that's what it, I mean. Because Repulsion, you actually feel you you yourself suffer through, go through the anxiety, your psyche phrase, along with the main character played by, by I believe Bridget Bardot. Who is the main character? I'm gonna have to Mia Farrow. No, it's not Mia Farrow. Or, <laughs> or, it's a French. Actress. Oh,
0: oh, oh, uh, Catherine. Uh, Catherine Deneuve. Thank you. Yes
2: Catherine Deneuve. Yeah. yes, Catherine Deneuve. Yeah, she's spectacular in that. Oh, yeah, she's good. She's Polish absolutely spectacular time. in that. I mean, just just her portrayal, and it just it feels much more complex and nuanced. And I guess this one's supposed to be, I guess it's intentionally a little more campy. Yeah, uh, I would definitely or say yeah. Hollywoody or something. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it's watching Repulsion and then that being sort of the, 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 the touchstone, the benchmark for, for Roman Polanski figures and then watching Rosemary's Baby, which everybody just goes bananas for. And then I watched and I kind of went, eh, it doesn't really affect me the way that Repulsion, I mean, mm-hmm. Repulsion, I watched that by myself in my apartment when I was, living, when I was down to Athens for grad school. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's seriously, after about 15, 20 minutes in the film, I seriously was, like, freaked out. Was, no, I'm not joking. I mean, I was, I don't know, 35, 36 at the time, and I was kind of going, oh, my God. I was running around my own apartment, turning on all the lights, <laughs> yeah. looking in did, the closet. Did this come out post or pre? Po- uh, pre. Pre? I gotcha. believe pre. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look that up quickly on IMDb. Because but- it was 68. It was yeah. 68 for <clears throat> baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So-
1: but uh, Cooper, go on. Some... Well, I, uh, yeah, like I was saying before, like, I, I'm a huge fan of the Twilight Zone, and there's a lot of, like, dud episodes of the Twilight Zone, but I, like, yeah. still, like, watching it, even the ones that aren't great. I mean, somewhere some to, like, like the
0: X-Files, so, like, there's some yeah. good, and there's some not-so-good ones. Yeah,
1: and I feel like you could slot this into a Twilight Zone, like, this could be a Twilight Zone episode, and it would be the best Twilight Zone episode.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, yeah, Mia Farrow kind of plays this, like, doting wife that's, like, just confused and stuff. But, like, I just thought that just how, like, gross she got throughout the movie. She was so sickly looking and, yeah. like, pallid and nasty. And I don't know. I just, like, just
2: something and about haircut. her. And that haircut didn't uh, help yeah. you can see the, you can see the sweat on <laughs> I mean, short sure, sure hair is one thing. But, I mean, that looks like a haircut you give a five-year-old boy yeah, yeah. And she had like you, her so skin awful. was like mayonnaise yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just thought oh god yeah and um, like and, well and also the it kind of, in terms of the setting it kind of reminds me of the shining a little bit that hotel and then this apartment yeah yeah and all the different characters what I, I
1: like that it was just set in bustling new york city yeah and, you know and it's kind of like um i really like like horror movies that are like set outside the classical horror settings you know like it's not in a cabin it's not you know, a spooky hospital or something. It's, like, in this, like, nice upper class, like, upper Manhattan yes. apartment. And just, like, the scenes when she's, like, kind of just walking through the streets and she's manic and stuff. And it's just New York City like you've seen it a million times in other movies. But it mm-hmm. just has this, like, different context. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and I'm and i a huge fan of just, yeah, the tackiness of the 60s that is just, yeah. like oozing throughout that movie. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like you don't – I don't know. I feel like I haven't – a lot of movies I watched in the 60s are, are not from the United States, I feel like. So, a lot of times when I see that, like, when a movie has that 60s vibe, it's like, it's not like based in the heart of the United States. Yeah. So, I, that's kind of cool to see all that. Yeah. I, I just think it holds up really well. Like, my, my girlfriend, who's not really a, a big film buff type of person, I mean, she was glued to it too. Like, hmm. she was like, she really loved it. Wow, that's um, cool. And she's kind of like Chloe too, where she has a hard time separating the the artist from the art. Mm-hmm. I mean, she knows. I mean, everyone knows how horrible Roman Plansky is, but yeah. it didn't prevent her from liking the movie. So I, I, I don't know. I just think I think it holds up so so well. Yeah, um, fifty years later. So
0: yeah, and and of course it's fifty years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it is.
1: Yeah, what do you have to say about Sorry? You oh know. yeah,
0: woman, well, I, I, I I like the movie a good bit. I I haven't seen a ton of Roman Plansky stuff. I do. I probably like this as much as Repulsion, and then the Macbeth adaptation is also quite good. And, but there's still a lot of those films that I haven't seen. But I, I do like this. I mean, I've praised them before, but I just do like these kind of strange mood pieces. And actually, going back to Mother, if you look at one of the posters for Mother, it's actually almost like a... Really? Like yeah. The
1: face looking upward.
0: Yeah. And it's similar to that film where she's just constantly second-guessing herself. Like, you know, And Mother, when she sees the little clump of, like, blood flushed down the toilet. Yeah. Or these just strange images. And it constantly makes her psychologically second-guess herself. It's just things like that that are just interesting. It may not mean anything all all the time, but it's just unsettling and and interesting. And also, yeah, like, the score is so good. Like, I was trying to find some good intro and outro pieces, and I hadn't listened to the score in a while, and it's so good.
1: Yeah, just the flutes and stuff and, like, There's a scene where her and her husband are walking down the street together, and he's like angry at her. And this is like when she's like full blown, like going kind of crazy. Yeah. And like beginning of the movie, there's a lot of like gentle flutes and stuff. And this scene, it's just like a flute going crazy,
3: like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. oh my god,
0: yeah. So I yeah, I definitely like it a lot. Wouldn't be necessarily like my favorite kind of early horror classic film, but definitely am a big fan of it. Um, it would be up there for me. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm definitely going to buy the the Criterion Blu-ray when, when I get a chance because yeah. I just uh, a co-worker wanted to me. So
0: yeah, yeah. I do like Mia Farrow a lot. What's the other big? What's the? I can't believe I can't think of it. What's the other big thing she was in? Brain wasn't Mia Farrow in something other thing really iconic? It's not coming to
2: mind right now.
0: Oh, I guess she's in that Great Gatsby adaptation, but that wasn't very good.
2: No, <laughs> no Great Gatsby adaptation has <laughs> ever been really good. So yeah, well, maybe not.
0: Anyhow, yeah, but I do really like the relationship between her and her husband, and I I really like again the over the top people that just these weird annoying people. You yeah, know, just, God, the tannish robe. <laughs> you gotta
1: have some tannish robe.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I of course like the third act is awesome. Yeah, is how it all plays out, and it's and that kind of classic uh, scene where she's like, <gasps> yeah, you know, then the the camera is kind of going yeah. wild and the score and everything. I love that. Yeah, And, of course, there are other films that have that similar style that don't always work, but for whatever reason, this works. Yeah.
2: Maybe just because it was one of the first to really go yeah. for it like that. But. Well, I mean, she's been in a ton of Woody Allen films. Yeah. Maybe that's why um, enough. Just briefly, the chronology. Knife in the Water was 1962. I don't remember if that was his first film or not. It may have been. I mean, it was. Repulsion was 1965, so that was his second film. Okay. And then Rosemary's Baby was 1968. Okay. Um. I don't know if anything came between Repulsion and Rosemary's Baby. I don't think so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Mia Farrow's been Rosemary's Baby, Crimes and Misdemeanors, <laughs> Purple Rose of Cairo, Hannah and Her Sisters. Well, she's in one of the documentary now films. Really? Yeah. That's funny. I think um, that the the film definitely has
1: some like goofiness to it, and like can have you kind of chuckling. But I I do think it is pretty unsettling like yeah unless like social someone that's like granted i'm not gonna get pregnant because i physically can't get pregnant <laughs> yeah. but i'm i am a hypochondriac that is one of those people that like need so many second opinions from doctors and stuff like that yeah. and like once that like seed is planted in my mind i'm like so neurotic with that type of stuff so like i i definitely see the horror R- relate to it. Yeah, yeah 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 and just that, yeah, the scene early in the movie when she's, like, impregnated, I think it's so good. Like, I think that... That weird dream sequence? Yeah. Thing?
2: Yeah. I, and, I mean, know. I because mean, she she talks about the... Very disjointed and strange.
0: Well, it's a dream, Brain. brain. Yeah. Brain.
2: <laughs> brain has very linear... <laughs> no, it just... Uh, it, there are dream sequences that are done well yeah. that you don't know. Again, repulsion. It's a good the, dream sequence. In not really, but that's the point. Is you, if, if you can't differentiate between reality and dream sequence, what you're seeing is the viewer and what the character is seeing, himself, herself, and you're having difficulty differentiating between those things. Again, it freaked me out to the point that I was running around in the apartment, turning on lights and looking in closets. That's a good dream sequence. Yeah. What he did with this was just like, oh, there's a guy on a boat, and she's walking naked, and then there's the, the, oh, the devil. Then I had no. I don't dream- mean, it was just, it was just. <laughs> it was just some sort of weird like yeah yeah i wasn't like laying
1: awake in my bed at night freaking out (laughs) over anything but i just thought it was i thought it was well done yeah i mean
0: i mean just the the idea of dreams almost like how some terrence malick movies are where it's just it's so fragmented mm -hmm. you know and everything is kind of all you may remember weird small things about it but then other things may
1: be really dragged out yeah yeah something too about the dream sequence like it comes about 30 minutes into the movie or something like that and up until that point, it could have just been any other domestic drama or, like, romantic comedy from the 60s or something. Like, up until that point. Like, if you just sat down and watched this movie, didn't even know the title of it, didn't know the, you know, the premise of the movie. And it just seems like this couple that are coming, like, there is no horror up until that point. Yeah. And that's when it starts. Yeah. And I like that there is that, you know, restraint. You know, where it just feels like, oh, just, what is this movie about? It's just mm-hmm. This this couple moving in an apartment, like... Like yeah. you think that maybe it's gonna be a movie where like, oh like we'll have marital problems. I mean, they do have marital problems.
0: Yeah. But and again, I mean I, I But then
1: there's this fucked up blood <clears throat> orgy. You yeah. Know? And
0: and I, I always hate bringing it up, but again, with mother that's the same thing. You yeah. can start watching it's like, oh, this there's these this weird couple moves in for a few days. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. and it's seemingly fine and then yeah. it just kinda of all goes to hell. But yeah, and the and where she's talking about she's in bed and she's talking to her husband and she's completely out of it. She's like, Yeah, I had this dream where I was
1: raped. Yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah, well, I did it to you while you are sleeping. Yeah, it's you're like, wait, like, like, you were right. Yeah, and just, <laughs> and even when
0: she's just saying that, it's just like, God, that's like, what a horrible thing for a person to dream. Yeah. You know, man, man or woman. You yeah. It just, it would be just unsettling, things like that. But it's, it's a it's a cool one. Yeah, for um, sure. Does Charlie like it? My, my mom. Oh, mature. he loves it. He does. Yeah. He loves well, it. Oh, I guess he owns it, so obviously. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah he, he really <laughs> loves it. Because that's like, and that's like right up his alley, too. Yeah, he, definitely. He really loves, like, 60s, like, yeah, he, he very American it. feeling, you know, films, yeah, he's stuff. just like a 60s, 70s yeah. cinema guy for sure.
0: Uh, any anything else? No yeah. I, I
1: still say we should have done Aliens as the other film.
0: We, yeah, no, that, that, would that would be, be a cool motherhood one. on two levels.
1: Yeah, yeah, Ooh, we should do Aliens. Or alien, either or. Yeah. Or oh, I'd, I'd be down for well, that. Well, aliens for sure. is more of the motherhood thing. Yeah, have The yeah. queen
2: alien, and then on top of that, you have Rip Ripley, Ripley and her relationship with Newt. But yeah, that's yeah. just me. We could just do, let's just do all of it. Let's, let's just do, do all the aliens. All
0: through. Uh, I've alien never Covenant. seen three. So. Three. Theory, theory: The director's cut is pretty good.
2: Still yeah. a little flawed, but. Yeah, I, I kind of, I actually like three because again, yeah. Well, I won't go into that, but I, I like three. I'll just say <laughs> yeah, that. Four I, I, yeah, four was an absolute travesty. One was amazing. Two yeah. was fun, but in a different oh, I, way. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Alien over Aliens Yes, Same. yeah. Anywho, both are good though. Yeah, we should have done Aliens for the motherhood theme, but that's yeah. just me. We can do it. Um, we can do it soon as well. So I mean, I mean, man, it was weird watching these two films because Tully is is is, is like a giant advertisement for birth control. <laughs> <laughs> right? It really is. Sure. And this one's you one, you know, does it for motherhood, safety. motherhood is difficult and complex. So make sure you think about things before you do it. Make yeah. sure you want to be pregnant and have a child. You know? Yeah. And then you watch Rosemary's Baby and it's like, anti-abortion. You can have the devil's baby and you'll still <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah, look yeah. the anti- end Have the devil's baby. The anti- it's great. You'll love the baby anyways. But can't, you know. I love uh? the,
1: I love the end when she, is rocking the cradle and she yeah. starts to <laughs> smile. Like and she just so
0: walks great. up and she just...
3: I love like that. You gotta, that's you gotta,
0: so good. You're just like you should love your baby. I, no matter what. Yeah. You and know? then John is like, we can have another. We can try again. <laughs> yeah.
1: We're gonna have a pool. This one was. This like, one
0: was a dud. We'll, yeah. we'll try again.
1: I like to think they should make a sequel where Rosemary's baby's like three and they're having another kid at this point. But there actually is a sequel. Uh,
0: apparently, right. it's, it's just on like on YouTube. <laughs> but that's what Will said at least.
2: No, there is there is a sequel to it. I don't it's know. A, I he's mean, in I don't know if it was hopes. an actual. Actual sequel Or if it's like One of those horrible Fan made I don't films. know yeah. yeah I'm sure Roman Plansky Had fucking nothing to do <laughs> Yeah I think they're actually I mean I'm gonna look at that now and Yeah God. But he's they're like
1: in plans. kindergarten And he's like Roman, Spitting I know Roman Plansky, Plansky Didn't do it Yeah No, yeah, no, no. Definitely I'm no curious right. what the
2: book Is like that this is based on So star ratings I think I go four and a half Yeah same
1: Great. half Three Three Ooh,
0: Brutal Damn. Brutal
1: You know, Uh, Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. We're not
1: going to judge anyone on this podcast. I'm sure for Clovey it would be like negative five
0: billion. Yeah. Three is good for comparing. Negative 28
2: Clovey hoes.
1: Yeah, seriously. Got to add it to my letterbox.
0: Oh, yeah. I'll do it later. Okay, well, I guess with the reviews done, we can move on to a little bit of news. So a few cool trailers came out in just the last few days. So I guess the first one we can talk about is Spike Lee's, I don't know what you would call it, a racial buddy cop (laughs) uh, something that just premiered at uh, the Cannes Film Festival called Black Klansman and so this one is about a black I I guess he's a detective of like rookie detective who comes in and I mean it's hard to even describe yeah what would you say he
1: is a rookie detective who's brought onto this case take down the KKK from the inside yeah and he makes contact with David Duke the actual well he's he's dead now right i think that is decrepit but at one point or still is the grand wizard of the kkk played by topher grace which is really funny <laughs> ridiculous um and yeah. he sends in his his uh, his partner who's played by um adam driver, adam driver who yeah. looks awesome in this movie yeah. i love adam driver and everything yeah he's like my favorite new actor yeah i guess he's not even new anymore but to infiltrate the kkk and he's jewish it's, it's them trying to take down the KKK from the inside. It, I mean, it looks pretty comedic, but at the same time you could tell that it probably is, I mean, it is very serious yeah. subject matter. I mean, but. I guess it makes the point
0: of the black detective is like talking to the KKK guys. Like if I hate blacks, Oh yeah, I hate Jews, you know, all, you know, all these uh, different, uh, Races and cultures and uh, ethnic groups and um, To,
1: like gain his trust. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. but
0: uh, you know, while he is black, at the same time, yeah. and then but then they Adam Driver plays the quote unquote real version of the black detective and infiltrates the
2: yeah yeah. So it, I ranks.
0: mean, it got glowing reviews at Cannes, and so it it looks like it's going to be a very interesting and very timely.
2: Yeah, well, that's what sort of yeah. got me about it. Is it it deals it deals with a very important, very pertinent. Subject, a very timely subject, and it does it in a way that I think is is true to the source material, but makes it presents presents a very difficult subject yeah. in a way that it's it's yeah. more readily accessible rather than getting in my face and, and, and you preaching. Know, oh, this is bad, yeah. preaching. Yeah. yeah, I mean it. It. it I mean Spike Lee <clears throat> when he does when he does good work. It's, it's good. It's superlative. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, do the right thing is amazing. I'm trying to think Inside of the Man. Thing. Inside Man, Jungle Sh- Fever, and I actually really liked uh, She-Rack or Shylock. I to, to say, yeah, I need to. It's see like, that. it's
0: like, I think it's kind of divisive. It's so theatrical mm-hmm. and over the top that I think it could easily run, rub people the wrong way. But I, yeah, I really loved it. So
1: that it was interesting too in the trailer that they're bringing in like the the rhetoric. Uh, I know we talk about Donald Trump at least since I've been on. We've talked about like a couple times. He comes they,
0: up once or twice.
1: They they don't say make like the Klans members in the trailer don't essentially say we're making America great again, but they say something that's pretty much yeah. that. <laughs> like they bring in like the patriotism and like the rhetoric of Trump and yeah. attach it to the Klansmen, and it's like obviously very intentional. So
0: yeah, apparently it got a ten minute standing ovation when it premiered. Yeah, really? yeah, and then also he. Spike Lee himself, when he was at the uh, press panel, attacked Trump. Clearly, yeah, definitely po- poking at him. But yeah, that one comes out in what, August, was it? Yeah, oh, I think it was like,
1: I think beginning of August. So. Yeah, so
0: that one w- will be definitely an interesting one to watch. i gone by then. cool. <clears throat> I'll be watching a different time zone. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so definitely keep an eye out for that one. And then, I, so the other one, I mean, there were a few over the last couple of weeks, but...
1: Oh, I didn't watch the... um the new uh, Lars von Trier trailer. Oh, Can I haven't it. watched that. I heard it is that movie oh. that also premiered at Cannes. People walked, walked out. out but also gave it an ovation. All I know is I saw tweets like I don't care what it is when you shoot a kid in the mo- a movie, it's not art or something. Yeah, like, of course <laughs> Lars von Trier.
0: Apparently there's there's violence against women and children. Yeah, what this. a surprise. Um but uh, but then it's been getting glowing reviews for its commentary on Yeah. I'm not even sure exactly what it is. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> what it's, are, it's, no. Lar- it's Lars von Trier.
2: Being Lars know. von Trier. Yes. But take it or leave it, I guess. So I'm yeah. more of a leave it type yeah, of person. I, I haven't heard. seen much by him. I tried watching a- Nymphomaniac and found it completely unwatchable.
3: Yeah. He's, not he's just like because shocked. it was a
2: rough, rough film. The subject matter is rough. But it's, I don't know. It was just. It was just so kind of. Shabbily put together type yeah, of kind yeah, kind of he kind of yeah. has that that feel. Well, I mean, I, I
0: yeah, I'm not really a f- fan. Not nothing against him, but I mean, I do like Antichrist. That was pretty good, and I liked Nymphomaniac
1: at Isn't least the first. Baby dying Antichrist who doesn't fall a window the beginning of the movie. I think
2: so. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. which reminds me, I looked Rosemary's baby too. There actually was one. It was not a theatrical release. It was made for TV movie. Ah, yeah, it. that makes sense. It was released in 1976, and the only returning person from the from the actual film was Ruth Gordon. Huh.
3: The, so, the old
2: neighbor. The old lady who right. actually she was. I, again, I don't know whether she won or was only nominated, but she got a nod it's for supporting weird. actress. It's like the equivalent
0: of a like Sharknado sequel. Yeah, <laughs> it's, pretty much. It's just
2: like no one, you know. It was supposed to be just awful. Yeah, awful. I can imagine. So, but then the author actually the interesting thing about this is I was looking at this, the the made for TV film, uh, "Son of Rosemary," I think it was called, something like that. No, look, uh, look what's happened to Rosemary's baby. That's what the made for TV great title. (laughs) That's what the made for TV film was called. And at the time, there was no source material. There wasn't a second book put out. But then later, the author of the original book, after the made for TV film, put out a book himself a follow-up hmm. to the original book. Interesting. So, I don't know. Anyhow. Huh. It's all a mess. The second one was <laughs> supposed to be just terrible.
0: Yeah. But, uh, Lars von Trier. Yeah, man, I did like Niphomaniac, at least the first part. His films are, it's kind of hit and miss. Like, yeah. it's, I can admire some of the style, but it just
2: does, doesn't always do much for me. Well, sometimes uh, he feels like he's just, he's, he's doing shocking things just to shock you.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's a filmmaker like Terrence Malick, where some people are going to love him and other people are going to
1: completely loathe him and call it mm-hmm. pretentious. Yeah. Well, for me, it's not, it's like with like Gaspar, Noe, the um, Argentinian director where it's not even, I mean, it is, I guess you could say pretentious, but that's not what rubs me the wrong way. It's just like the extreme like violence and like, and how graphic his movies have to be for like, that's just how he grabs people's attention. And it's yeah. like,
0: it's like Rob Zombie. Almost. Yeah.
1: It's like, he doesn't even have anything that interesting to say. It's like, he's definitely a good filmmaker, but it's like, I like at the end of the day, why do you
2: have to rely on these exactly these gimmicks? These yeah. It feels like a gimmick. These, it just feels like a gimmick. And it's,
1: it's not even like he has one movie with like a couple scenes. Like every single one of his movies, it's like, this is the one where we have real dicks in it, having mm-hmm. real sex. Like, like, ugh, come on. And then, like, all his, like, other movies are just, like, insanely violent, but not... What is Gaspar like, Desper- Noe? I mean, he did Love a couple of years ago. Gaspar Noe, he also did... Well, yeah, well, I was referring... with the, When I was just going on the rant, I was referring to uh, just, like, an and stuff. But Gaspar No did Enter the Void, Irreversible, oh, ah,
0: yeah. Love. Right. Which,
1: Enter the Void it's like cool on paper but there's what a lot can of can you say yeah but then irreversible there's just like this horrible 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 like 11 minute rape scene oh the, yes the camera is just that. trained. right and I've seen, my brother is really into his movies and stuff so i've watched a lot of them but i just can't, i just yeah, it's too I much and know, there's I'm also not, one i think not it's my thing i can't remember the name of but there's also this one where literally in the movie i haven't seen this one it's about like an ex cop or something and literally in the movie before the scene happens, there's a warning that pops up on the screen, and and then he like rapes his daughter, Jesus Christ, and then kills her, <laughs> and then that character is at the beginning of irreversible talking about it, and I don't know, it's they're all just so disgusting. It's just like yeah, yeah. It just airs on the side of smut, and just because you're implementing cool camera techniques doesn't mean you're making it. It's, it's, it's like
0: a it's like the the trashiness, but it's like without any. Yeah, um, merit or the, enter, entertaining.
2: Yeah, the, I mean, it's just who's the Korean director? I'm trying to remember his name. Park Chan Wook did yeah. *Handmaid's Tale*. Yeah. and but *Stoker*. Those and, are, but those are. Well, those are those. There's some sort of salacious stuff in those, but yeah. it, it's he he. It's not. He doesn't use that as. Yeah, what, the, the point the, of the, the film. Yeah, it's point, not, like *Old the Boy* film. is a great film. There's despite some strange the fact, stuff. Like, there's some strange stuff that goes on in it, but that's not. The point of the film. Yeah. And there's some other really spectacular things that he does in the film. Yeah. Like you could take away that the hammer in
1: the hallway scene or like the part where he cuts off his tongue, it would still be a great film. And it'd film. still be a great film.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but those are those are just used to accentuate sort of the sort of the descent into madness and the frayed psyche of these characters. Yeah. Uh as opposed to, I mean, like an eleven minute long yeah, sexual assault scene. That's that's repugnant yeah that's and and, and every single one of the students films there's one too it's like what
1: what like you were trying to draw blood from a stone at that yeah. point and it wasn't even good to begin with you know yeah. what i mean it's like what <laughs> i don't know and then love too is just like them having like graphic sex all yeah time. I, I
0: remember yeah when that one came out yeah and there's all the press about that yeah yeah whatever um but yeah i, I think well, i've
1: always i think i've only seen love I that's one of the few ones I haven't seen. Okay. I guess I don't know <laughs> yeah. that I've seen any of them, and now I don't, yeah, really yeah. don't want to pass see pass on, on them. Um, no
0: awesome. Criterion releases of those. No. He, I, don't
1: think... I saw a video of him in the Criterion closet, and he immediately went to uh, 120 Days of Sodom and said, "Oh, of well, this is a great movie. This of is like, yeah, of course that the movie where people are really eating shit is your yeah. your favorite movie. Great, yeah,
0: great, uh, <laughs> great filmmaker that guy. Yeah." <laughs> yeah. Who said that? Who Gaspar, no, the guy that the did... Director, oh, the 120 Days of Sodom. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: When did that <laughs> come out?
0: Salo?
1: It's in the 60s. That's a while back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's another one i <laughs> You want days. to your review that? that? Oh <laughs> No. We could have a whole conversation on... No.
3: ...the
2: Paso- Phillips of, of... I think yeah, I keep... I keep conflating, confusing uh, Salo with Antichrist for some reason. Hmm. Very different, yeah. Very I mean, different. Antichrist okay. is... There's definitely, there's one scene near the and I won't say it
0: um, live here, but it's like, I can't unsee it. Not uh-huh. that it was like an ineffective scene, but it's just like, uh... yeah.
1: Do you know the guy from, uh, that directed Salo Pasolini? He was killed by someone, ran him over with his own car and smashed his junk. <laughs> That's true. That's real. No, he's like, he was like an enemy of the state. Like he was. Really? Yeah. He was like, uh. Paolo openly, Pasolini? Yeah. Really. yeah i was on his wikipedia page the other night phil's Jesus. a fan of him because he's also like a like he's like a critical thinker and stuff like that and has all this stuff published and i don't think film was his like uh his primary focus but people love solo i don't yeah, want to watch or, it i think it's a little too much for me yeah but, just a bit so. Sorry. Well, enough about
0: Jenna. Well, yeah, we general we have some some dark stuff. <laughs> yeah, <there>. we <laughs> found some
1: really
2: strange hallways yeah. there.
0: Uh, yeah, if Chloe was here, we would have been able to cut it off real quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um.
1: Oh, us boys being boys. Yeah,
0: yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um. But um. Yeah. So the other trailer we can talk about is uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, which is the upcoming Freddie Mercury slash Queen biopic with uh, Rami Malek. And it's it was going to be directed by Brian Singer, but then he got yeah. had to depart, or he was fired. Not really sure. Probably a little both. Yeah, something if like that. If he hadn't no left,
2: they probably would have dumped him. Yeah, it's just a question of which came first.
1: But
0: what, what did y'all think? Are well, first, are y'all do y'all you like Queen at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess as much as anyone else. Like, yeah. I grew up listening to Queen, but I never there
0: definitely like, some good hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at this point,
1: it's. It, it's kind of overwrought, you know. It's like yeah. when
0: I hear
2: Bohemian Rhapsody come around, I'm going to change it. It's like I've heard yeah, this well, a that's million times. that's the thing is it's you know I grew up you know '90s, the era of Mike Myers and and Wayne's World, and it was just everywhere Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. I got to say, yeah. You know, other other stuff is fun, but I mean, it's like bubblegum pop music. Yeah, yeah. it's like the same way listening like ABBA. You know, it's like yeah, okay, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not bad. I mean, I'm not. No, it's not it. bad. I mean, the the songwriting spectacular. And The musicianship. Brian May is outstanding. I mean, the whole band was was really quite good, and they did some sort of groundbreaking stuff for the time. Uh, yeah, sort I mean, post disco, early arena rock. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, just
0: the kind of operatic nature or style of Bohemian Rhapsody definitely has had yeah, an impact yeah. for sure. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the I think someone. I don't know if it was someone involved or someone outside of the project, at least yesterday called out the film or at least the trailer for not showing his side of sexuality or anything dealing with that. Well oh, this so, is
1: a teaser trailer. I mean it was a yeah. and so 70s.
0: I don't I don't know things I don't know if the film delves into that or I'm not. I'm sure. I um, mean especially but,
1: just considering his death, like how could you just ignore yeah. his sexuality?
0: Yeah, and so I'm I'm hoping it does. I'm sure it will but yeah. um I mean, it looks pretty entertaining. You know, it's, it'd be a cool one to
1: watch. The issue, so he definitely looks like Freddie Mercury, like they got the look. But something is up with. It looks like I mean, you can tell he's wearing like fake teeth. Yeah. And it really, I don't know about this. Like, yeah. And I guess like, with these biopics and stuff, they're never gonna look just like him. But they're like, he looks like a character of of Freddie Mercury.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it makes the the point of like I wish or the argument of. I wish they would do more films like Steve Jobs with Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Where he doesn't have to look like him at all. Yeah. But he can still play the character. Yeah. So well. Yeah. I feel like no one ever talks about that. Yeah. I mean, it, it didn't get like any Oscar noms no. or anything. So yeah, it got completely overlooked. Yeah. So that one comes out in November, I believe. Don't know if it's going to be an Oscar film or not, but maybe keep an eye out for it, especially if you like Queen.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I really, think the, the degree to which it's a... Uh, it's an Oscar, it's a potential Oscar bait, I think, deals with some of the social issues. Or yeah. Like that. The yeah. thing is, it doesn't touch on that at all in the trailer. The trailer just looks like garbage. Like, that film <laughs> I would not see. I'm sorry. Really? I'm, yeah. No, I wouldn't. It's, yeah. I'm Freddie Mercury, nobody gets my music. Uh, uh, I want to put a big six-minute opera thing in here, and nobody understands my music. I mean, that's boring. I've yeah. seen that hundreds of times over. Who gives a shit? <laughs> 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 they do yeah, like a I love mean, and
1: mercy type of thing
2: yeah cool. I mean but but yeah love and mercy was outstanding because it was you know it wasn't necessarily it was in part the creative process of the musician but that wasn't the focal point the focal point was his struggle with his mental illness and if you've got Freddie Mercury uh, dealing with the prejudice against his, his sexuality and how that was pertinent to it and you, you did something more along the lines of milk that would be fascinating. Yeah, definitely. So I mean milk obviously was it was the political aspect of it, but the the degree, the extent to which uh the the, the, the not the villainization, but the uh, something like that of it. I don't know what the the prejudice against his sexuality and how that played into his political activity, you know, and obviously that that's important. But I mean again it's the it's it's how these things meet how they converge mm-hmm. it's not just the one it's not just the other it's the combination of the two and how that affected the person
0: yeah i'm I'm hoping it doesn't turn out like uh jersey boys the clenny's <laughs> would if it's, if it's that then i'm out
2: i completely forgot he did that yeah. that's, that's another one to throw in the eastwood rubbish <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah maybe keep an eye out for those any other news y'all want to mention before
1: uh move on I just I brought it up but yeah, the Terence Malick stuff because I saw that and I was like, mm. the uh, Tree of Life No, sorry, not Terence Malick. Oh, that is an interesting thing to bring up. Uh, yeah. I
2: I meant I was I always I still like Thin, red, thin and, red Line. In large Oh, it's good. Stuff. Oh yeah, it's line good. Line thin that's red line good. Is spectacular. Seen it. Sean but I really want Yeah. Really yeah. I have it on Blu-ray really? if Yeah.
0: It's on Yeah, like all of his films now along with Tree of Life. And I and need movies. to
2: see Badlands. Oh, it's good. that's his that's his like least but the Terrence Malick movie. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, the the last one he did, the, the, the song, 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 song was supposed to be just terrible. I didn't.
0: I, I mean, I thought it was all right. Really? Um, I mean, I'm I'm a big Terrence Malick fan, so maybe I.
2: Yeah. I
0: mean, it's it's definitely not amazing, but it's yeah. it's okay.
1: I need uh, to give it a chance because I've I've only saw Tree of Life and and the. I need to see and and the situation in which I saw it, in definitely was not yeah. conducive and, to enjoying that yeah. movie. Yeah,
0: and and uh, the New World is very good as well. With uh, Colin Farrell oh, yeah. okay. about um,
1: discovering America and everything. That's All very right. interesting. Take place in North Carolina? Yep. <laughs> Damn. Hillsboro. Yeah, right, right here. North in my backyard. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I-, I meant to bring up, I meant to say Lars fun Trier, but Tree of Life is getting a uh, even longer oh, cut. Oh, yeah. I can't wait.
2: Yeah. Um, is it 50 more minutes, He said? It's like 30. Maybe it needs more
0: time. Apparently. I, I hope so. But um, <laughs> the, uh, what's this shoot? Um. I completely lost my train of thought. Um, oh, I I wish it would include that Voyage of Time documentary he did that premiered at uh, the Toronto Film Festival last year. Uh, kind of in a, it's about kind of nature and life and everything. I but it hasn't gotten yeah. like any theatrical release, so I hope really? it does. Yeah. Is it just
1: like just nature shots with someone narrating it, or I mean, um, it's I, not like it's, have it's a narrative. very surreal type thing. But I'm
0: curious to see it. Anyhow, I guess we can move on to some uh, listener mail. So the film buds podcast at gmail.com is the address that you can reach us. Also on Twitter at filmbuds and on Facebook as well. So please follow us one way or the other if, if you would like. And we love hearing from anyone. Let's see what we got here. So the first one we got is from Aaron in San Antonio. It says, hi, buds of film. What do you think of the criticism by directors saying Netflix is a bad thing for most filmmakers and or movies. Do you think it's a losing or winning game for them if a movie lands on Netflix instead of getting a wide theatrical release? Love the show, Aaron. That's a tough call.
3: Yeah. I mean, 'cause mean I, really I, tough I know, because... I
0: know Spielberg, has my point said, that's like a, it's not a good thing if they get their movie put on Netflix instead of theatrical yeah, release. Wise. Well,
1: I have yet to see a feature-length film that was originally put on Netflix that is of the caliber of like a well i mean because well, i mean
2: mud, i need to watch mudbound but mudbound oh, is yeah, supposed like, to be that's quite oh good. it is it's and, good uh, the yeah. director of photography that did that uh went on to do black panther yeah so, yeah that's I mean, like got a lot of nominations she, she's supposed to be she's she's a remarkably good cinematographer yeah. Yeah. and uh mudbound supposed to be yeah,
0: yeah well, well, well i mean the true test film. i think is going to be
2: the irishman this year martin scorsese's film it's going straight that, to Netflix. It's going to be put on Netflix. Because, I mean, really? most, yeah. of the, most of the films that I've seen on Netflix, I'm sorry, but they've been horrible. Yeah, Bright yeah, was yeah. garbage. Mute was garbage. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some of the other f- feature-length films. The other one about the, the Devil's Son, the one, Adam Scott. Oh, Little... Little, Little, Little... Devil, Little, devil, little Evil. Little people. Little Nicky. <laughs> little, yeah. Something like, like Little like Evil or something <clears> like little, that. Wait, what is that movie with Adam Sandler from <laughs> Little Nicky? Remember that oh, one? Oh, Little Nicky, yeah. <laughs> that movie's <made it> so <laughs> bad. Yeah. <very laughs> The, well, that's another one. Netflix, all these friggin' Adam Sandler things. That oh yeah, God, they're yeah, they're all yeah. garbage. Yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah. the, the Meyerowitz stories were. Oh, I, well, that wasn't that wasn't even part of his contract. They were okay. That was the, yeah. like, well, that was Baumbach, and he likes. I guess he likes working with Noah Baumbach, but I mean, that Meyerowitz yeah. stories were eh, okay. I, 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 I that's one I, I did like a lot. But. They weren't terrible. But it wasn't. It wasn't outstanding. Yeah. I don't know that working on Netflix is necessarily a kiss of death. It's just no, that for know. some reason, the standards that they seem to have. I don't know whether it's a I budgetary mean, I, thing, I, I, a I timing think they need, thing. It just
0: seems like they need more producers who know what they're doing. Yeah,
1: they're just like here. You can have whatever creative control you but want. Do whatever you want. But one thing yeah. I, I do like the idea of Netflix being this platform for films that. Maybe wouldn't get the attention of the big, yeah. Oh, definitely. I so like, if if it can be this platform for you to put out a quality film and you have tons of creative control over it, yeah, I'm all
2: for it. Have we well, seen that
1: necessarily yet? No. Other than like Mudbound, which apparently people people say is oh, good, but Obese oh, of Donation no is a good one. Obese of
2: Donation. Yes, that's yeah. supposed to be spectacular I'm, as well.
1: But I'm I'm definitely for it just because you know it, it's as much as we can break away from. And there's plenty of quality films in the great, you know, big production houses in Hollywood and stuff like that. Like, you know, but at the same time, like any, if you, op- the opening of more avenues for people to release films, I'm for, yeah. Um, I don't think as long as I, I'm still getting physical releases for the movies that I like, mm-hmm. as long as I can still get my, you know, nice collector's editions and yeah. stuff like that, I'm happy. <clears throat> I mean, but yeah, the,
0: the interesting will be, cause the Irishman, they had a recent like press with Scorsese and he said, there are 300 scenes in it <laughs> so it's going to be hell? like yeah and so like this is going to be a like huge crime film that's apparently like the budget was like 140 million or something like it it's like it seemed like every week the budget keeps on going up um and so that's gonna be an interesting i mean how is
2: netflix putting out the films with budgets like i don't know i don't know up or we're losing money money like crazy
1: 20 billion in debt here yeah right as i was leaving the house my roommate was watching silicon valley and (laughs) there's a guy like yelling at the guys that are making nap or whatever they're like every great business is losing money you cannot be making money (laughs) yeah (laughs) like look at amazon (laughs) they haven't made money in years but somehow jeff bezos is a fucking billionaire (laughs) yeah
0: uh but yeah so that one especially with his name attached it's like is that going to get the normal audience that it would get for a theatrical release because well if you look at silence that's something that would be much better for
1: netflix
2: than yeah
0: for, I that, can't see science doing well that, in theaters. It, and it didn't. Yeah. yeah. And went completely underlooked or <laughs> overlooked.
1: One thing, though, that does worry <laughs> me about it, if this does become a, a thing and more and more films are put out on Netflix and that just becomes the normal. I'll be sad because I personally like going to the theaters. Like, yeah. I like the experience of going to the movies. But I know tons of people that will be like, no, nah, I do not want to. I don't want to go to the movie, I don't want to spend the 10 bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas like me personally, if I want to see a movie, $10 for a movie is a fair price. I won't question yeah. it. There are certain, uh, but films, there, But yeah. I know plenty of people that would see a movie. I'm like, yeah, I want to see it, but I just didn't want to spend the money. You know. Yeah. See, there are so. certain
2: films that that I think absolutely need to be seen in a theater, like the, the Avengers films absolutely need to be seen yeah. in a theater. But then there are certain other films that aren't aren't even you know extravaganzas that sort of thing that that should be seen in a theater. Yeah. Uh You were never really here. Yeah. Honestly, I thought seen in a theater. The yeah, visuals, that's what I, was about, I was just about to say. The, the master sound. the sound. Um Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Maybe just convenient. the way that the everything is shot and framed. Yeah. would have been remarkable. I've only seen it on my TV at home. Yeah. but it would be remarkable to see in a theater. To get <coughs> the annihilation. This photography. Annihilation has to be seen in a theater. Yeah. So there are certain things that oh, have yeah, to yeah. be seen in a theater. That being said, there are certain films that don't necessarily need to be seen in no. a theater, but it enhances the Totally, I didn't need to see anything. No, either. no, no, no. Uh, that doesn't mean it's any less of a film. Yeah. It's, it's a film. It's a good film. But, but it, when a key tenet of the film is its production quality. Yes. Is, yeah. You know, we'll um, see So, I think certain things need to be absolutely done theatrical release. Yeah. Um, what Netflix has done, which I think is spectacular, is it's locked down a lot of really excellent <laughs> documentaries. Which yeah. documentaries you don't need to see in theaters? Yeah, I
3: like right.
2: watching. Me personally, I love documentaries. I like watching in yeah. theaters. I will say that. Mm. So I'm not saying that documentaries should just pour wholesale yeah. over to Netflix. I don't think that's the case. But you can watch Chef's I mean, Table on, you know, on the yeah. <laughs> Even though I would, <laughs> I would, I absolutely would yeah. marathon. Um, so I mean, there there are documentaries don't necessarily because it's not meant to be a sort of visual extravaganza uh, and cinematography is you know production set design cinematography visuals all those kinds of things are not the bread and butter it's the story and how the story is told yeah that I think works really well I mean Netflix has some absolutely outstanding documentaries what happened to miss Simone um the thirteenth oh yeah um and you know some of the sort of stories that they have i'm watching one right now evil genius which oh i heard that was yeah really good it's really good i think netflix should be a platform for 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 new directors to sort of get their name out there that being yeah uh who is it the director of bright david Ayer. david Ayer, thank you that was upsetting your your favorite film of the year right that was upsetting (laughs) because i mean he did you know fury was so remarkable end of watch as well and uh, yeah end of watch right Which, which is on netflix but end of watch and then he goes and makes bright. Who said this is a good idea?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I, let's I, do this. I, well, I like the concept. It's just execution. I like the concept again. It's just the first execution ten or fifteen, 15
2: minutes, I thought were yeah, but then but then the story just devolves into like crass action flick. Yeah. Whereas Fury, it that doesn't happen. Yeah. Although to be fair,
0: I that could have been come out in the theater. It would have had the same effect, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's not, it's not necessarily Netflix's fault. But
2: no, I don't know that it's Netflix's fault. But 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 where in the chain of command was it decided? Let's make the movie this way. Let's give the air the ability to to go with. Why didn't somebody say to him, "Okay, this first ten fifty minutes this is great, but you need to redo the entire last yeah. hour forty five minutes of the film because it's garbage." Yeah.
3: I don't know we'll that see. We'll I don't see. know that
2: Netflix is a kiss of death for directors. Yeah. No. That being said, generally the quality of films being put out on Netflix has been subpar. And yeah. so even if a director's film is good and they put it out on Netflix, yeah. there is a certain I, I uh, yeah, what is the word I'm looking for? Prejudice or, yeah, or predisposition think- <laughs> or I, I think that films through
1: Netflix are going to take the role of the made for TV films where there are, of, plenty, yeah. there are plenty of good, I'll, I'll talk about it on what I've been watching recently. Cause I've been watching something that originally aired on syndicated television, but, and it's great. There, there, there are plenty of like good movies that came directly to you, but, the vast, vast, vast majority are, are just shit. Awful, yeah, terrible So, I, I think that you might have to wait to the crap Netflix <laughs> stuff, but we'll see. I, I think yeah. it could be
2: different. I mean, well, I mean it is
1: an involving platform, so. Yeah,
2: there are, I mean, it's, it's ubiquitous now. I mean, you know, 10 bucks a month. Yeah, I mean, no one for, has cable because of Netflix. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there is some good stuff, but you, you do have to weed through a lot of crap. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of crap on there. Sounds like all the movies we see in theaters too. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of shit in theaters. So yeah, there's a lot of garbage. Out there Summer's, coming, Summer's coming, guys. Summer's coming. Summer's here. Yeah, we well, hit yeah. the blockbuster season. Yeah, and, you know. Oh, well, that, that was one thing I wanted to say when we did the Avengers Infinity War, which I thought was kind of weird. What does it say about our, our filmmaking in our day and age that I go to the theater, watching Avengers Infinity War, and across the lobby. Black Panther is still playing.
1: Oh, I saw that.
2: Yeah. Was it? How weird.
1: Huh? Yeah. Like every
2: movie theater in America is still so playing true. Black Panther. Yeah. It's Mar- Marvel and Disney, man,
0: they're taking over.
2: But well, you know, their, their quality hasn't plummeted.
0: Well, that's the thing. If anything, I
1: think they're getting better. Comes. They're getting the, better, I
0: think.
2: The quality of their films has been generally pretty good. There yeah. are some lapses here and there. I still didn't like the last, the, the major fight fight scene between Black Panther and Killmonger in Black Panther. All the flippy-loopy care uh, CG camera stuff was yeah. not really my thing. Uh, but that's more like a personal aesthetics issue. But, uh, I mean, the rest of the film was outstanding up until that bit. Anyhow, Black Panther is hugely popular. And now, you know, let's see how long in Avengers Infinity War hangs out in the theater. So it's been, what, three weeks now? It's going to be like all summer probably I mean, it just became yeah. the fifth highest grossing movie
0: of all time. Yeah, so and, it's... And the highest grossing superhero film so yeah it's, i mean
2: it's, they're, they're fun to watch i don't be anything they're fun yeah. to watch it's just it's just it's just funny when you go to the theater and you're oh uh, do i want to watch the brand new adventures I want to go see black panther which has been out for six weeks now you know yeah and he's already in it <laughs> yeah, and yeah he's already up oh, there he's again yeah. yeah it's
1: in a way i, I think, think it's kind of cool
2: though. yeah oh yeah. yeah i
0: mean it's kind of fun but yeah well thanks for the email Alright, uh, I guess we just do our picks of the week, I guess since y'all have, or at least you have yeah. a good few things. Oh yeah, but the Film Bugs, podcast at com. just to reiterate, you can contact us there, send us any questions or comments you have. And so, I mean, I just, ha- I just have a couple of things. I watched, I was telling Cooper about it a few days ago. I was, one night I was just bored, and for some reason I had the Blu-ray, I don't know why. got it like a year or two ago, but I watched The Lords of Salem, what? which what? is the uh, Rob Zombie movie. Uh, From a few years ago.
2: One of his His, slasher
0: grindhouse. His second second most recent film. I was just like, you know, let's take... I'm going to watch something strange. You know, something I haven't really seen many of his films before. I would say maybe at best it's a three out of five. But it's probably, at least of the films I've seen, it's probably the best. Which isn't saying much. Hmm. But it's these... Follows these three radio gothic clown DJs. Oh God! <laughs> insane clown posse. Like, yeah, style. You, sh- you should look up the the vi- the design, like on Im- a, Google it's Images. It's like stuff.
2: insane clown posse. Right? Like, they have like these blonde dread, have juggalos,
0: dreads, kind of oh, like yeah. kiss band
1: paint, and why do you
2: do this to yourself? I, I,
0: I, I, <laughs> I was curious, you know. I, I I like taking a risk here and there, but they get this.
1: Oh my God! They look so fucking
0: stupid. <laughs> look, yeah, look, Let yeah.
1: See. <laughs> Jesus yeah,
0: Christ,
2: pretty awful. Yeah,
0: yeah, but it, they there are these DJs who all the banter between them is just brutal. It's just like the most lame, like unfunny, cla- like stereotypical radio DJ stuff um, or banter, which doesn't all mesh with their look. Like you would think these guys would be like dark, cynical, like, but they're just these regular radio DJs, or is how they sound. But they get this unknown p- music in the mail and they play it. And then it starts to affect things oh in the world. God. It's, it's kind of like it's kind of like the fog in a way. You know this, the the John Carpenter movie where the fog rolls in and mm-hmm. the pirates come and and it was the opening scene is just the thing that I hate a ro- about Rob Zombie. And actually, it's I know we talk about about him a lot, but he's like the horror genres version of Michael Bay. All <laughs> yeah. of his films are like. <clears throat> unnecessarily obnoxious. Yeah, because he's so lame. He's the, the, lame. There's the, no other way of putting it. The humor <laughs> is so present and also just so unfunny and dated. <laughs> and also with Rob Zombie, you have violence and then with Michael Bay, you have action. All of those films are just mind-numbing uh-huh. with, due, to, due to their content. And this, there's a witch being, uh, I won't go into too much detail, but having a baby cut out of her and the, them spitting on it Come on! <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like what we were talking about with Gasp. What's the name? Gasparno. Yeah, where it's just like, what do you what are you doing, Rob? <laughs> well, why? <laughs> Rob, why? What man? are you trying to prove? Yeah, take like, that,
1: mom and dad. Yeah, make it's, a bad. Move. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <Mom>. <laughs> it's just like that stuff where you just I just can't wrap my head around as to why it's there, and also because I mean, and also with Rob and actually with Michael Bay as well, all of his characters are at like eleven all the time in terms of energy. And so they're always screaming, they're always yelling. And Michael Bay, you have all the characters and Transformers who are just like yelling and, and yelling at each other. And it's just so tiring. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of visually, the film is okay. It's actually probably his best looking movie mm-hmm. in terms of cinematography. Um, and I mean, there are a few moments here and there. And the, the the concept of these three like gothic clown DJs is at least somewhat interesting. But everything else and I mean, you, where he... Draws inspiration from is just so shallow. Also, like it's just so obvious
2: where he's drawing his inspiration from, and it's just like. So you say the phrase "gothic clown DJs" and I, like, I just immediately. But see, I mean, no. well, I mean, clearly, <laughs> I'm not no. like, I'm not, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, like, yeah, my, yeah. my mind is blown. Yeah. Oh my, but my god! My question
1: is, my question is, why are they? Putting on all this makeup and all this shit, if they're just radio DJs, nobody sees. Right?
2: Nobody sees us. <laughs> anyway like so it's not as though you guys they, you don't know, realize
1: it. But all three of us right now are wearing we face have,
2: paint. Yeah, we all yeah. have dreads. We
1: do this every week. <laughs> yeah, wearing,
2: wow. yeah. Like I'm wow. wearing a leather trench coat. We're wearing like Tim Burton esque <laughs> clothes. I've got a black duster on and my leather pants. We look like
0: Edward Scissorhands <laughs> right now. I dress exclusively at Hot Topic. Yeah. That's, God. Yeah. Um. And so it's we've from, got merchants. It's all hot topic. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's by no means probably a film I won't ever watch again, but it was at least sell that blue dude. Yeah. Sell that blue. Uh, yeah, it'll be on my shelf for a while until I know what to do with it, but it's okay. Um, I mean, if I'm, I know there are big Rob Zombie fans out there, just I guess in the way they're Eli Roth fans who it's kind of a a guilty pleasure or whatever, but it's okay. I I mean, it's, there's, uh, there's stuff in it I hate, but it's not also, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It's just, eh, all right alright Rob I
2: mean I don't get it I mean the, they have scenes like that we're talking about Gaspar Noe and some of these directors who, who put these remarkably graphic so, uh, shocking scenes in their films <coughs> and it's kind of like look at me am I, am I edgy enough yet am yeah like, yeah.
0: it's like that's all they have to put on the table Lynn Ramsey who did you were never
2: really here her films she is edgy that's yeah. edgy yeah but it's like tastefully done but it's it's and the, it advances the remarkable games the of filmmaking <laughs> Because it's edgy, not because it's like, ah, oh, now we're gonna cut the baby out, then spit on it, and then we're gonna eat the baby, and we gotta <laughs> the witch. It's like, I mean, that's that's eat just baby. Uh,
0: yeah. And, I mean, and why? And I know that the, of course, I know, of course, on the show, this show, uh, mother is very divisive, but um, yeah. just the stuff in that. At least that film has at least it's attempting to tackle interesting ideas, whereas in something like with Rob Zombie, it's purely just. Shock factor, shock factor, violence,
2: um, yeah. and it's and just very goofy. exploitative. And I mean, that's—I guess—that's what he's going for. It's supposed to be a throwback to some of his grindhouse stuff. I yeah, guess. but but okay. his films aren't nearly as as
0: fun as those early. Yeah, where it's it's, well, it's, were... it's goofy in a way that it's or it's dated in a way that's charming. Whereas mm-hmm. in this, it's just like ugh, that this is just mind-numbing.
2: Yeah, dumb. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I don't know. Does he have, I guess the big question is what sort of self awareness does he have in the schlock that he's making? Because I don't know if there's that much. Yeah, he probably thinks it's sick. Yeah. Like, yeah, this
3: is awesome. Yeah,
0: but also, yeah. and also in terms of how his characters look, they all, all the male characters look like him.
3: They yeah. all have
0: this long, like, death metal band hair. Right. They're all yeah. like, uh, scruffy face, facial, scruffy hair.
1: facial which is, hair. Which is because like anyone that like listens to that type of music just knows that Rob Zombie is so lame. Like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. who he's aspiring to be like everyone like he's like the kid on the playground that like is trying to like fit in with the other group of kids and is just doing it so poorly. Yeah, and, and I kind of uh, feel bad for him.
0: So I, I haven't seen his most recent one, 31, and I haven't seen a few of his earlier ones, but this one's at least not again, not saying much, but it's it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah so uh didn't out. have a seizure while watching it yeah <laughs> I, I did I did kind of nod off once or twice or go get food wow. while I was playing but then uh, just the other thing I watched is I rewatched the post on 4K um, and liked it slightly more still don't love it I think it's maybe on par with maybe War Horse for Spielberg's movies still while it's very I get I got the timely timeliness of it much more on this viewing. And so it's very
2: timely. Um, I mean, the issues of of freedom of press and and the the legitimacy of of the press. Yeah, exactly. In the era of fake news.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And then other, but otherwise it's, it does feel at times a little shallow and kind of just very, feel-good, crowd-pleasing Oscar bait in a way. Yeah. Um, or the Spielberg version of that.
2: Well, that's that's the thing. That's what bothered me. is I thought the story was overall spectacular. Uh, was interesting and, and he treated it in a good manner, but there were some pretty, uh, give me an Oscar sort of shots. Yeah. It, and it's it's the same thing with War Horse where it's it's PG-13 but it's
0: trying to show you World War One.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
0: like the Hollywood version of World War One. Well, that's a
2: shame after, I mean, because Saving Private Ryan, Exactly.
0: Yeah, I was just so about, about to say, sad, say that. Yeah. Um, But it's it's and I did like Meryl Streep a lot. She's very good in it. It's Um, good.
2: It's not it's not Saving Private Ryan. mm -hmm. It's not uh, Bridge of Spies. Yeah. Uh, But it's 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 still I thought a very very well done film. I was actually surprised at how good it was. You know, I was never a huge Spielberg fan, but you know he keeps putting out films like this and Saving Private Ryan, and then uh, Bridge of Spies was really outstanding. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Lincoln.
0: And uh, I mean, I, I, I still like that BFG Adventures of Tintin all, probably all more than this mm-hmm. overall, but still, still solid. But yeah, I think that's it for me.
1: Cooper? Cool. So I was referencing it earlier, but I'm slowly making my way through um, the Decalogue. I don't know. I've t- have I talked to you? you you've talked to me about it. But yeah. This Polish director, Krzysztof Kieslowski, made this 10-part miniseries. Each episode's an hour long, and each episode is loosely based around one of the commandments or multiple commandments. Mm-hmm. It, it's a lot of it has to just do with morality. And, um, and it all takes place in this, uh, apartment complex in Poland in the eighties. It was made in the eighties. Um, and it's taken me a minute to get through them just cause all of them are really like emotionally draining. Um, Short little films, but like, and the, the, there's also so much to like unpack with them that it, it really wouldn't do it justice to sit down and watch all of them in a row. Where did you find this? It's Criterion. Oh, it's, it's a, a Criterion. criterion. Yeah, yeah, I have
2: a. Because yeah. I mean, his other films, Red, White, Blue. Yeah. Um, I don't <coughs> know about the Double Life of Veronique, but uh, Marco loves that one. That's it's it's quite good. I saw that way back in the early days of. Of the Chelsea, yeah. I also saw Red, White, and Blue when they came out. Theatrical
3: release, and they yeah. were really
1: good as well. Yeah, but like this is the same quality as those films. Like mm. it you, you would never be able to tell that this aired on TV. Huh. But anyway, so the, there's ten of them, and the fifth one, and sixth one, were edited down to an hour to put into the mini series uh, and put into TV. But they also did theatrical releases for the fifth and sixth one. They're about an hour and thirty minutes. The fifth one is a short film about killing. And then the sixth one is a short film about love. And I just watched that one. And it's about this uh, like 22-year-old boy who's kind of just works at a um, post office and really doesn't have much going on in his life. And um, every night he comes home and has this little telescope. And he looks out the telescope and watches this woman um, through her window like sleep with like a, a new guy every night. Like hmm. She's this type of person that just brings home to right. men and he kind of just watches that unfold but then you like realize that he's not even really watching her have sex it's more he is so lonely that he's just connected with this woman just like watching her do everyday things like you know get her mail and and just walk around the house and it and it, i mean it is i mean it is creepy i mean he is stalking this woman but it kind of develops in a way that you wouldn't expect and it is turns out it's a pretty like beautiful piece i think um i'm still thinking about it a lot Hmm. but yeah check that out it's if you are into that type of stuff i know criterion is having a sale um the box set for the full deck log is about a hundred dollars but you can get it in half off uh barnes and noble in july i think is when it starts so if you're into you know and and it feels very like eastern european like it is very like in terms of like the colors, like it is very dull. It's like
0: very, it's like austere. That yes, kind of, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes.
1: Um, that's a good way of putting it. It, it does speak leagues about his, uh, Kieslowski's ability to make an interesting and engaging film using that like very bland and and very muted yeah. setting and palette. He can make these like beautiful films. Yeah, and each and each of the ten films has a different cinematographer, which is really cool. That's interesting. Yeah, he directs all of them and. Um, Him and this other man uh, co-wrote all of them, but he hires a different cinematographer for each. And sometimes it it doesn't really make a difference, but especially the fifth one, a short film about killing the color. Like it is like, it's about this guy that that strangles a a person just randomly. In the whole film, they apply this like disgusting, like putrid yellow filter over Mm -hmm. it during like just certain scenes. And it's just so nasty looking, but it works really well. It's kind of
0: like the... Denis Villeneuve's enemy. It's it has this kind of jaundiced yellow. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's exactly
1: like that. Like yeah. we at first, I thought like the, the, the colors were wrong on my TV, yeah. but it's or like natural it's, born killers,
0: yeah. where it's all these red, blue. Yeah, and, or um, I'm thinking of
2: Soderbergh and Traffic. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah definitely and that's what um, Yeah, by
1: the way, you guys should definitely check them out.
2: If you, yeah, I
3: like. Uh, to. They're also
1: if you guys, if anyone is listening, has FilmStruck, the um, streaming service, they're all on there. So watch those. The first one is really good so just start with that and you can kind of jump around from there but i I recommend starting with Log one just because um i think it's maybe the most engrossing from the like uh outset Mm. but so i was i've been watching those and then um i also watched i'd never seen his movies before but i know a lot of people talk about him but rainer Werner fassbender i think that's how you pronounce the first two names but super prolific like german new wave director he died really early like in his late 30s but made like 30 plus films and a lot of them I, I from my understanding there's probably some duds in there but um, there's a lot of like critically acclaimed stuff that he's done and I watched one called The Merchant of Four Seasons and it's unlike anything I've ever seen before just in the way that it's shot and just the way that it tells its story it's kind of one of those movies that it, it seems like it's going one way and then just kind of goes a different way like halfway through it just completely changes pace and stuff so if you're if you're interested in like new wave cinema, definitely check that out. Check him out, but yeah, it's pretty good.
2: I liked it a lot. Watch that one. Yeah, I would
0: like to. Braden,
2: really, the only new thing I've been watching is Evil Genius, sort of one of those uh, multi-part true crime stories, like the Netflix binge on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. So there's only oddly enough there's only four episodes to it, so it's relatively short. I've already watched two of them. I watched two of them last night, but it's it's the the story, the crime is so strange. The story surrounding it, the people surrounding it are so strange. It's it's really compelling and interesting to watch. It's about a bank robber, right? It's sort of. It's about a guy who's who robs a bank. He's he's essentially coerced into robbing a bank. A bomb is strapped around his neck, and he's coerced into robbing a bank. And then. There's a series of other murders that occur afterwards. And then somebody reports on this woman, Marjorie Deal Armstrong. And the guy's saying, you know, I've got a body in my freezer at my house. And, and I put it there because this woman told me to. Huh. I mean, it just, it's just this weird s- spiral of events that occur. And everybody who's involved in this is just so... Uh, well, the suspects, at least, I should say, are just so bizarre. But I've watched the first two parts of the four-part series, um, and so far it's it's really compelling. It's really interesting, and mm-hmm. it's uh, the interviews that they have with everybody that you know from the FBI, the ATF, the state police. This was this occurred in Erie, Erie, Pennsylvania. The state police, the local police, and it goes through uh, in an interview process with all these people. And this happened just recently. Mm-hmm. Right? This mm-hmm. is two thousand three. Huh. Uh, and it apparently got a lot of international press. I think here in the United States may not have received as much because we were still, first of all, reeling from September 11th. Yeah. Because this was only about three years after September 11th. But then we were also involved, I believe, in the Iraq War at the time. Yeah, yeah that was just starting up. Yeah. yeah I, I can't remember whether this immediately preceded or just followed the Iraq War. But either way, the news cycle would not have focused on Just got on lost us. in the yeah. shuffle. Yeah. Because I, I think that would have been something that I remember. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, obviously, uh, the American psyche was still reeling from September 11th, and then mm. uh, the Iraq War was just moving into, you know, all, either the case for that was being built, or it had just just started uh, prosecution of that war. And so, yeah, so... Uh, Americans had a few other things on their yeah, mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this crime, apparently, I mean, they had news clips from places in Europe. Uh, they had a news clip from from uh, Japanese television about this. Whoa. Just because it was such a strange thing. I mean, it sounds like a made-up story. Uh, it's not just the fact that this guy had this bomb strapped to his chest, locked locked to him with a collar. Saw hmm. style. Um <laughs> yeah it's like some shit
3: you'd
2: see yeah or it's almost like in the
0: hurt locker that scene in the hurt locker where the guy near the end yeah or they've they've strapped this guy too
2: yeah yeah well i mean you you hear about that in various places um iraq i know that was going on for a while yeah definitely afghanistan they had issues like that where people would be um unwilling victims of of um or un- unwilling carriers, I guess I should say, of IEDs. Yeah. But not only was it the fact that this guy had this bomb strapped to him and then he was forced to go rob a bank, carrying with him, of all things, a cane gun. Seriously. Huh. It was just like it was just like a cane with a little mechanism in it so they could fire a one shot. What the fuck? Right? <laughs> what but the then fuck? but then this guy was somehow he was he was following a series of clues like a scavenger hunt. And it said, go out to the McDonald's down the road and look under the rock and there will be a note. And then you take the note and then you follow the note and then it will lead you to this parking lot. And then in the parking lot will be strapped to the bottom of the mailbox will be a key and all this kind of stuff. right? Mm-hmm. And so the whole point of doing the scavenger hunt was he was ultimately supposed to find the keys that would unlock this collar so he could get the bomb off. Yeah. Only after... Robbing the bank, getting the money, dropping the money off somewhere, and then following a series of notes. From that point on, to get uh, to get these keys, and so the whole thing just really weird. Yeah, and pretty sadistic too. Yeah, I mean it was it was all very very strange. It's four episodes of it. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's four episodes, piece. about an hour piece, yeah, a little yeah. under an hour piece. I, yeah, I've I've
0: I heard about it, and I would really like to watch that. So,
2: um. It's interesting. It's done by the Duplass brothers. Oh, oh really? And Tully. Yeah, one of them was in Tully.
0: Interesting. Who? Who are they? Exactly they're they're coming up in
2: everywhere. everywhere. Well, I mean so, they
0: uh, they make a lot of
1: uh, low budget horror movies, right? They no Mark and Jay. Uh, or Crescent. no, no, they do the they did
0: the comedies. The, so they
1: did a movie, or they did a uh, a short lived series on HBO. It's two seasons. They're just on NPR the other day. So um, mm-hmm. a short lived series called Togetherness. Where they uh, co-wrote and directed it, um, and then Mark Duplass was in the league, um, and then I'm trying to think. No, but- Jay Duplass is now starring in a show right now. I'm not sure what show it is. It might be, he might be in this. I don't know, um, or it might be affiliated.
0: With- well, no, they so they executive produce. Um, they've done the they did the Creep movies. They all they also did Wild Wild Country the, that Netflix. Uh, movie about the in India, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: Cult, and then I've been kind of wanting to watch that as well. That's yeah, peculiar.
0: and and oh, they they executive produced the Skeleton Twins, that comedy with Kristen Wiig, oh, and yeah, that's like The like they do Twins, they actually. produce almost like a Blumhouse Productions. They do have like a lot of these low budget mm-hmm. genre films, hmm. but and this apparently, which is cool. So, um, there you go. yeah, yeah, but that that's on Netflix now. If you uh, I want to see it? I'm trying to think if there was anything else because I guess we had two weeks of stuff, but I haven't
2: really been watching much. Yeah, I haven't been watching. Um, much. I'm just upset that two of my favorite shows, Ash vs Evil Dead and The Expanse, have both been canceled. Three seasons. And oh like yeah. Dead. So I, that's uns- I, ups- unsettling. Yeah, there upsetting. were
0: a few. Yeah, a lot. A lot of shows recently got the
2: got the axe. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, speaking of robberies, did y'all see that video? I mean, it was months ago of these two. I think it was in China or Japan of these two, like, teenage people trying to uh, rob a place. I think you showed it to me. (laughs) Yeah, okay, so I can't remember the exact what nation it was in, but at night, these two, I guess it was two, uh, like, teenage, maybe people like uh, Coopers in my age, um, both have hoods on, and they were trying to get this door or um, lever open, and one of them, it goes up to the... The building and the other one has like a a rock or uh, something really heavy and he tries to throw it at the (laughs) um the structure to break it and he ends up hitting the other one in the head and this was all captured on like security camera yeah and it makes the other one go unconscious when he gets hit and there's the video is just him dragging (laughs) his friend away around the corner and the whole time uh, it was done they released it through cnn and they had this really funny music playing, like doo do do doo do, do, and it's like you just see this guy chuck this heavy object and this guy just get plastered by this <laughs> and he goes unconscious and he has to drag him away. If you haven't seen it, it's golden YouTube yeah. comedy video. Yeah. True. I don't know. Did they catch
2: these guys? I
0: don't know. I mean, because they were both in hoods and they were. It was at night, yeah. and so it's kind
2: of. Well, I mean, but it was it was
0: oh. it was captured on a camera, and they These guys they were actually trying to rob a bank. Yeah, they or no, it wasn't a bank. It was rob some it was some, store, it was some store, and so All they no no robbery or even any harm was done to the building. It looks like it was just two guys <laughs> were so stupid. Wow. Yeah. Um, but check it out if you need uh, a, a laugh. God. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess I guess that's about it for what we had this week. So I guess next week. Deadpool two, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'll probably watch it. Yeah, I don't. I didn't really like the first
1: one all that much, but
0: yeah. Um, we'll, of it. course, Cooper you're always welcome back if you want. Yeah. If you want to see it, and I'm not sure what we'll do for a retro review. I mean, we could do the first Deadpool, but that would just be kind of be Logan.
1: I haven't seen Logan.
0: Oh yeah, and, and neither has Chloe. We'll figure something out for next week, but um, I think more than likely, Deadpool two. And our, our schedule should be at least somewhat back to normal, I so... I
2: don't really know much else that's coming out this morning. Yeah, I mean, there's good... Lord, it's all biopics of the Chelsea, which... There's some good biopics. There's the Pope Francis film, the RBG, the Luke a Ginsburg film. Yeah. You know, I kind of want to see both.
0: So, yeah, and hopefully, you know, our, our schedules are still probably going to be a little all over the place, but we should be able to record maybe on Tuesday or Wednesday, like we usually do. And sorry again about not having the show last week. It wasn't our intention, but... It happens. Well, guys, anything y'all want to mention before we wrap up? Cooper, nope. you've got head on to Joe nope. Van Gogh, right?
1: No, yeah, yeah, I got work here now. I'm going to stop and get him a griddle on the oh, ground. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get him a griddle, man. <laughs> you
0: still
2: make those things? Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, guys, thanks as always. Yeah. It's always a fun time. Yeah, yeah and Chloe should be back next week. But until next time, we'll
3: see you. Bye-bye.